As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up from sunny California party people and welcome to Countdown to Classic. This is a podcast that educates, informs and gossips about World of Warcraft Classic. Each week we discuss the news, hot button issues and content of the highly anticipated Classic servers. I'm your host Josh Corbett and this is a show where it's not my opinion on World of Warcraft that counts but yours. If you're new to the show, Countdown to Classic goes through your expert input on everything relating to the sure-to-be-amazing World of Warcraft Classic. Now, having said all of that, funnily enough, we are mixing things up a little bit in this episode. Now, a number of you have asked me, Josh, how was your BlizzCon? What's happening? What did you get up to? Tell us everything. And so, this will be that episode. Now, a lot of you as well are saying, Hey, Josh, where's Countdown's massive breakdown of everything classic demo? That is coming as well, but that's going to come next week. Now, as a lot of you know, I'm still away. I'm literally sitting in a hotel room right now, staring at LAX, about to get on a flight in a few hours. So by the time you hear this, I'll likely be high in the sky on my way back to Sydney. Once I get back to home turf, then I'll recuperate, then I'll start putting in some calls to some of the listeners, and we are going to have a very in-depth conversation on absolutely everything everything about the demo and the ramifications of some of the things that we were told at BlizzCon by the panel and during the media Q&A. But for now, I'm going to park that conversation for another week and just give you a more of a casual, off-the-cuff recount of a first-timer's trip to BlizzCon. So I know a number of you have been asking for it, and I'm more than happy to shoot the shit a little bit with you and give you a bit of a, a fun story here or there about what I've seen over the last few days. Now, just before I get into that, as per usual, if you are enjoying these in-depth conversations that Countdown to Classic brings you on a regular basis, please do visit the show's Patreon page to see how you can help support Countdown to Classic, continue to bring you more of the content that you're now so used to hearing 
appearing on the show. Alternatively, you can also help the show by mentioning the show to a friend, perhaps in-game. Talk about what you hear on the show on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, or wherever you actively discuss things. Follow me on Twitch at Countdown to Classic, which I will be firing up again once I get home. Or leave the show a review on iTunes. Everything helps. If you want to hit me up with some feedback or submit a memory lane or anger management submission of your own, you can always get me at feedback at countdowntoclassic.com as well. And if you can't get enough of me for some reason, then please do also check out my other podcast, The Cinephiles. That's S-I-N-N-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com, if you haven't already, for some great comedic takes on all your favorite movies with myself and my two co-hosts over there. But with all that said... Let's go over my account of an Aussie boys trip to sunny California for BlizzCon. So as I mentioned, this is not the high IQ analytical conversation that you might be used to hearing on the show or that you thought might be coming your way immediately after BlizzCon. This is a very, very casual uh, storytelling session of what I've been through. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to start on Wednesday You've already heard a little bit about the Wednesday in the last episode, but I'm going to extrapolate, extrapolate upon that a little bit now. So let's start basically from the moment that I arrived at Anaheim. I went in a couple of days early on the Wednesday. BlizzCon started on the Friday, so I wanted a little bit of time to acclimatize, maybe you know, see, meet a few people, and just see what the lay of the land was. Checked into the lovely Hilton Hotel there at Anaheim, which is basically BlizzCon HQ because it's right next to the convention center. And when I say right next to, it is literally right next door. I think it's actually connected some way. But we're talking all of 100 yards from the front door of uh, the Hilton to the front door of the convention center where BlizzCon is held. Now, I walk into the Anaheim Hilton with my lovely girlfriend and the first thing I see when we're checking in is I turn away as um, she's taking care of business and I see a rather well-known Blizzard employee walking into the gift store. And I'm like, holy shit, I've literally just come to BlizzCon and the first person I see is this person. That's crazy. So we checked in and there were Blizzard fans everywhere. It was amazing. A lot of you know that this was my first, not only BlizzCon, but first gaming convention, pop culture convention, like, you know, anything like that ever. I'd never seen and done it. I'd always wanted to. This was a bucket list item for me. And just to be immediately thrown into the deep end with all these people that shared the same uh, amounts of love for these kinds of games and hobbies was really, really fun from the outset. Just to see the t-shirts flying around, Hearthstone this, Diablo that, WoW this, Starcraft that was amazing. And my head was absolutely on a swivel as I just took it all in. Now, funnily enough, we checked in and we went up to the room and the first thing I said is, hey, babe, now that we're at BlizzCon, let's go to the gym because, sure, that's what people at BlizzCon do, right? I don't know. Apparently, I got it very wrong. But we went down to the gym. I was busting to do some exercise. I played some basketball for about 20 minutes. We went and lifted weights and uh, we went and did some yoga as well. And it was a bit of a funny start to the whole week. But funnily enough, after that, we was, I remember we were saying to each other, we won't regret this what, right? Like, you know, lifting some heavy weights, we'll be fine. We're good. We're young. And then we did regret it for the rest of the week as our arms and everything hurt from that time on. But anyway, lessons learned. So what we did from there is we went out for dinner, a bit of Mexican, the dive bar next door. And then we proceeded to go back to the Hilton and get blind drunk, as you do. 
Now, that night at the Hilton, there were people everywhere. It was great to see, again, all these people who were into the things that we were into getting on the drink. And in saying that, don't get me wrong, there's a a lot of people there that don't drink. So I don't want to make it sound like you need to drink to fit in. It was actually, funnily enough, something where I felt we were in a little bit of the minority as drinkers. Not that anyone's right or wrong for drinking, but I was ready to have a rum or two. And I did bump into a lot of people that were like, oh, no, thank you. You don't have to buy me a drink. It's okay. I'm happy just to you know talk to you and, and sit here without a drink. So that's all well and good, each to their own. But um, I was looking to engage with some of the fans and we started off a little bit lonely because I didn't know anyone. Poor old me. Um, my, my, as I said, we were just sitting there and eventually here's what happened. We had a guy come up to us and say, excuse me, do you mind watching our drinks for a while? Uh, or sorry, for a moment. We're just going to go over here and do something for a bit. And I was like, yeah, sure. No worries, mate. They proceeded to leave for what I thought would be a minute or two. Then they came back about 20 minutes later as we were playing bouncer for the, their drinks, making sure that no one did anything horrible to their drinks or took them or anything. These guys come back and they were the sweetest guys of all time. They're like, oh my God, you actually stayed. Thank you so much. We can't believe you're still here with our drinks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we started talking to these guys. I think I mentioned this on the last show and they were just absolute gentlemen. They were so much fun to talk to. And this was my first real engagement with Blizzard fans. As I mentioned, we talked Star Wars, we talked retro gaming, we talked Blizzard gaming. And just again, a shout out to Mike, Matt, Heath, all those guys. You were fantastic. And you really made me feel accepted uh, when I was starting to get a bit shaky after an hour or so of sitting at the bar going like, I'm feeling a bit lonely here. I don't really know how to throw myself into the deep end. So thanks so much to those guys. Now, After that, blind drunk, naturally, we went to Denny's at three o'clock in the morning for that whole American experience. Um, I serenaded Patricia to something horrible like La Isla Bonita, as you do, and uh, we danced in our booths together and we uh, did uh, all of that and went back to the hotel full of our first Grand Slam, which and life was good. We wake up the next morning. Not too shabby, a little bit hungover, but nothing horrible. And we went to pick up our tickets at about midday. And this was the day before BlizzCon. So we got the jump on everyone. Luckily, it wasn't too much of a hassle getting in there. About a 10-minute wait in line to get through security. And then it was a straight shot through to pick up our tickets. I picked up my media pass. Patricia picked up her general admission ticket. And all was good. It literally it took all of maybe 20 or so minutes. I thought it was going to take hours, but not so. Now, that left me with a ticket of my own. Because as I said, I got a media pass, which is essentially free entry to BlizzCon, which was very, very nice of Blizzard to throw my way. But then I still had my ticket that I had already paid for. So... I'd organized with someone before the convention to basically sell that at face value to them at the convention. And I'll tell you that story a little bit, but that's the setup for that one. Now, flowing on from that, we wound up meeting, uh, we went to CVS to pick up uh, some supplies, like some water, because the water from the faucets here is absolutely horrible. It was moments where I was drinking it going like, oh my God, this is like, Uh, drinking, um, yeah, like sewage water at a certain point. But 
We met uh, Tsunami at the CVS as we were picking up our water supplies. And Tsunami, as some of you know, is a mod on the Countdown to Classic Discord. She's been such a strong supporter of the show from so early on. And she helps to obviously keep the conversations that we all have over at the Discord clean, um, progressive and fun. And um, I can't thank her enough for all the work that she does. And so to meet someone like that in person who voluntarily has come along, taken time out for the show and myself was such a delight. And um, I gave her and her boyfriend a, a big um, a big hello there and uh, shout out to Shooten. It was so nice meeting you as well, finally, after hearing about you for so long. Um, both of them were just the nicest people and it was really, really good to make those connections in real life. Now, after that, we went to record some interviews, which you heard in the last episode. So Patricia and I stood out the front of the convention center while people were still running in to grab their tickets. And we were just grabbing people um, who looked like they were fun and, and keen for a bit of a chat. And you heard all those chats in the last episode. So there were so many people around. We didn't want to stay there all day. We didn't want to keep um, being annoying and crash tackling people just to stick a microphone in their face. So I didn't get too many of those, but that was a lot of fun. People are so nice. I literally would just ask them, hey, do you mind if I interview you for a podcast? And immediately the reaction was always, oh God, yes, absolutely. I'd be more than happy to. No one told me to get stuffed or go away or what's this for or who are you and why are you touching me? Nothing like that. It was all really, really good spirits and, and everyone just couldn't have been better about it. So again, the Blizzard fans, thank you for that. Now, after that came what was a bit of a, a big fun night and it had its ups, it's had its downs, but it turns it up, it wound up being wild in the end. And this started with a little bit of an event called the Con Before the Storm. If you weren't aware, Con Before the Storm is something that's been put together for a few years now. And um, it's a wonderful event where they put together meet and greets with streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, things of that nature. And people get to go in and have a drink meet and chat with the people that they um, sit at home and devour the content of through the year. And it's a really, really well put together event in terms of the interactivity that it promotes. On top of that, they have another event called World of Podcasts, which goes on upstairs. And from that event, I was invited, uh, I was lucky enough to be invited onto the World of Warcraft panel, the general World of Warcraft panel. But given that we knew Classic was going to be talked about a bit because we had the schedule, we could see the Classic panel and all that jazz, they invited me onto the World of Warcraft uh, podcast panel to talk a bit of Classic as well, despite the fact that the main theme is obviously the modern game. So I was very, very touched by that invitation and basically was all scheduled to do that later in the night around 8.45 p.m. So before that, the funny story is I was contacted by the person who I was to sell this ticket of mine to. So I met up with them, traded some messages and was like, I'll meet you in the lobby. So there I am sitting there at the lobby and I basically get tapped on the shoulder by... Um, from behind, I'd swivel around and these two tiny, like they must've been all of 12 year old girls sitting there before me. And I'm like, Oh, well, uh, hi. I mean, I just wasn't expecting that. And I was like, Oh, you're buying the ticket. And one of them's like, yeah, that's me. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, sure. All right. Uh, are, are your parents around or anything? They're like, no, they're back at the hotel. Like they're, they're all good. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, 
So I said to them, you know, girls, have you, have you got your cash on you? Great. Uh, you got your ID. Okay. I've got my ID. I had to be with them in, in order to change the names on the ticket. So I said, all right, follow me. I know how to do everything. Let's go over to the convention center. And there we went. Now, this was a bit later at night. This was around 7.45, so an hour before I had to be on for World of Podcasts. And I thought, well, it took only 20 minutes before. Surely it couldn't take that much longer now. And how wrong I was. Because what happened was we go over there and the line was epic. Obviously, everyone had flown in through the day. More and more people were arriving. And we are at the back of the longest line of all time. And I started freaking out going, shit, I've got to be on a podcast panel in an hour. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out okay. And the girls had actually arrived earlier in the day, but they'd forgotten their ID, which they needed. So that's why we were doing it so late. I was somewhat organized and tried to do it earlier, but that's sort of the way that fate took us. So there we are standing in this really long line that is absolutely not moving. Patricia and I are starting to freak out. And the girls, these poor girls, have no idea why we're stressing so much. Eventually, we waited 45 minutes and we'd progressed all of 10 meters in what looked like a 50-meter line. And Patricia says to me, you have to go. You have to do this podcast. I will stay with the girls. I'll make sure that they get their tickets. You just go. And I, I felt awful that not only was I ditching Patricia with this situation, but also that she now wouldn't get to see me be on the podcast panel. So I said goodbye. I was just beside myself, so upset. The girls didn't really know what was going on, but I, I told them that Patricia would take care of them and it was all good. So I bolted back to the hotel, got there about 10 minutes before the podcast started up, met the host of the um, World of Warcraft panel, uh, Jocelyn, who is absolutely lovely. I'm actually going to be appearing on um, their show this, well, we're recording this Friday night, which um, I, I couldn't be more excited for to, to be able to be on other shows now and sort of talk a bit of classic is really, really nice. And, and she was so lovely to me. So I, I really do appreciate that. And um, their podcast is uh, for Azeroth. So please do check that out if you get the chance or at least listen to the episode that I'm going on soon, which should be in about um, 10 days from now, I would think. I'm not too sure, but stay tuned for that one. Now, met Jocelyn, said our hellos, met the other panelists. Everyone was absolutely lovely. And you'll be able to hear the full recording of that panel at the tail end of this episode after I'm finished going on this rant about telling you what happened. So please do listen to that as well. It's all a bit of fun. Even though the majority of it is uh, modern retail based, it's still obviously something you get to hear me weirdly chime in on from time to time. And it's, it was really just the utmost uh, of fun. So we start up the panel. They actually kicked off with Classic, which I was not prepared for. This was a retail panel, and they go, all right, everyone's excited for World of Warcraft. Let's talk Classic. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and you have to understand, I'm stressed because I basically run over there from this situation with the girls and Patricia. I'm worrying about her the whole time. I can't even think about World of Warcraft. And I just spurted out these answers, which you'll hear. Uh, are my, my, the first couple of answers I give are not the best because my mind is off in a distant land. And then about 10 minutes into it, I spotted Patricia up the very back with a big smile on her face and waving at me. And I thought, oh, God, either something horrible has happened in that they just ditched the line and the girls didn't get their tickets or 
um, for some reason, everything's gone really well. And luckily I learned after the podcast, which was again, so much fun, just a huge crowd. There were, I don't know, I want to say like a hundred people there. Um, it, it was just fantastic. They were so positive. I grabbed Patricia and I'm just like, you know, what happened? What happened? And she told me that she, uh, grabbed someone, a staff member at the line and basically told them that I had a media pass and she was trying to do a name change for my old ticket. And they sorted it all out straight away. She actually got to basically cut the line, which was fantastic and sorted that situation out. So she got to see me on the panel, which was great. She also got to meet, uh, again for the second time, I believe her, um, her hero, Jesse Cox, who she loves. And so it was actually all quite serendipitous because that was one of the things that she really wanted to do during BlizzCon was get a uh, a chance to say hello to Jesse again. And, and if she hadn't have been caught up in my fiasco, she wouldn't have turned around after doing the name change with the girls and be greeted with a sight of Jesse Cox standing alone by himself uh, next in line. And so she got to say hello, which was great. And I was happy for her. But... Listen to the podcast after this and, and you'll you'll hear it. It was so much fun. It was great. And thanks again to everyone, um, Seraphis, who obviously uh, organizes all of that. It was absolutely lovely. Now, after that, what did we do? Well, I went downstairs to the meet and greet. And I was lucky enough to get a slot for some reason. I, they, they were lovely to me. They, they gave me a little table and said, Countdown to Classic, you can have a little spot. 10 o'clock slot and anyone who wants to come up and meet you can meet you. The room was absolutely packed and I sat down, I got there about five minutes late because the podcast panel ran a bit late and it was amazing. I I, I had a bunch of people, I, I, a whole bunch of people, a, a dozen or more come up over the span of about 45 minutes, um, which doesn't sound like much, but I mean, I, I was really actively engaging with everyone. They were so lovely. I would, you know, they said, Hey, you know, tell us what you do. And I would tell them about it. People came up who already knew me in the show, which was absolutely amazing to meet the listeners. Um, I honestly was afraid that not one person would come up and say hello. Um, I was sitting there sort of, you know, grabbed a beer, uh, sat there with Patricia and just sort of thought, look, if I get one person, I'll be happy. And, and to get, like I said, about a dozen or more who stopped by for a five minute chat or so, um, it was just such a lovely experience just to be able to meet people and tell them about what we do here at Countdown to Classic and also just engage with people who already knew about the show. But it was just lovely. And we went downstairs, uh, well, actually, sorry, I'm, I'm before we get there, more importantly, one of the last people I met was Palfurus. Now, many of you know Palfurus again from the Discord. He's one of the mods and he's very, very active there in the chat. And one of the people that, again, makes the Countdown to Classic Discord one of the best places online to talk about Classic. And again, to, to meet someone who's done so much work for me just out of the goodwill of their own heart was amazing. And he's such a lovely guy. It's one of those things where... He was everything I thought he would be and more. Just we got along straight away like a house on fire. And it was so nice to be able to meet these people that um, I just engage with online and, and put a face to a name and everything. It was so good. So, again, thank you, Palfurus, for, for coming and finding me. And, and we said hello. And then we had some drinks. Uh, we got drunk again. We went to Denny's again. I don't know why, but we seemed to think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, we waited forever for a table. I don't know why we were so committed to terrible food, but apparently we are. Um, I danced to flash dance again in the booth. It was all good, but um, that was that was a lovely Thursday. So then Friday, day one, the big day. Um, 
a funny thing happened when we woke up not realizing how BlizzCon works. And at about nine o'clock in the morning, we're like, oh, let's have some breakfast and just casually walk on over. How long could the line take? An hour or so. Well, we walked down and at nine o'clock, we saw the line literally went down the road and snaked around the block. So I'm talking a good five to 600 yard line. I am not kidding when I say that there is no hyperbole behind it. It went down half a road and around the corner. And Patricia and I saw this and said, fuck that. And it was bizarre because we'd flown all the way over from Australia specifically to do BlizzCon. And it was just one of those things where it was like, it was so hot as well. We just thought we're not standing in the sun for two to three hours to get in. I mean, we'll get in eventually. So let's just chill out. We sat in the hotel lobby bar for the opening ceremony. And there was a moment when it actually fired up and I saw that the line hadn't really gone down that much that I realized, holy shit, I'm missing BlizzCon's opening ceremony when this is exactly what I came over here for. I could just be sitting at home doing this. What have I done? I've ruined everything. Oh my God, I'm so ill-prepared. What what kind of a, a podcaster am I? What kind of a fan am I? I've done it all wrong. And Patricia was looking at me. I looked like I was probably going to cry. I was just like, what have we done? But it turns out that it was actually all for the best because Look, yeah, I missed the opening ceremony, but it was on with the sound on at the bar. We didn't miss a thing. We saw the trailers for Warcraft 3. Uh, we, we saw um, everything happen. It was fantastic. And uh, obviously the the Diablo Immortal uh, thing as well and, and all of that jazz, the new cinematic for um, uh, BFA, uh, everything. We saw it all. We heard it all, so I didn't miss anything. I just wasn't in the building when it happened. Now, luckily enough, immediately after the opening ceremony, the line was gone. So we got in straight away, which is fantastic. I just missed the first hour and a half, basically, of it, which is not a big deal at all. And we realized that we actually said to each other, God, now that we know that little shortcut, like basically if you are prepared to miss the opening ceremony, my BlizzCon hack would be to do what we did. And it might not be for everyone, but if you don't want to wait in a line in the sun for three hours... We walked straight in as soon as the opening ceremony was done. And we said we would do that again if we ever came back, even though I hated it at the time. It made so much sense afterwards. But anyway, that that's just one little thing that we noticed. But after that, we had obviously moments where we saw all the cosplayers walking around and, and God, they're so amazing. A great one that we saw was a guy and his wife and kids that had built like a, a little chariot even gone to that extent and was wheeling his kids around in it. It was, everyone looked amazing. It was great to see the extent that people go to, to show their fandom and their love for everything Blizzard. Obviously we went in. The first thing I did is I went straight to the booth with the wow classic demo and got my hands on it straight away. Um, we we enjoyed it. I sat there. I rolled a um, alliance, a human priest. Patricia rolled a human warrior. Um, a lot of you have been asking, Josh, what's with you doing alliance? You've said horde, and I've been saying for a while now. I will be sticking to Alliance right up until Classic drops. I will be playing Horde when Classic comes, but up until then, I'm sort of saying my final goodbyes to the Alliance. So I, I want to spend time in zones that I might not spend a lot of time in when I'm Horde. Um, so it's a bit of a, just a, a, a teary goodbye to what I used to be, and, and I'm more than ready to embrace um, the new faction and, and come over and enjoy the Horde when Classic drops. So we did that. We had our fun. Um, Patricia had a good time. I had a good time. It was obviously amazing to finally 
play an official version of this game that we've waited for and talked about for so long. It was it, it was a bit, you know, uh, almost unrealistic at times. So I couldn't believe I was sitting here in California at BlizzCon playing WoW Classic on an official game. And it, it will really sink in, I think, upon official release. It's all well and good. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the concept of the demo. Um, I'll, I'll talk about what's actually in the demo later on. But, I mean, the actual notion of the demo, I love it. Um, you know, a beta phase is going to be fantastic fun as well. But let's be honest, it's all about that official release. And I'll save the real kind of explosion of, of geeking out and fandom for when that official release comes. But don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to everything else. But it was just a nice little taste and, and a very, very nice moment as we looked at each other and realized everything we'd sort of been through with the show as we sat there and played the game. But I, I enjoyed it. Now, after that, we walked around, uh, we saw the sights, we did the things, we, we talked to the people, it was great fun, and I ducked away around uh, 1 o'clock or one thirty. it was, and I actually went to a World of Warcraft media group interview with Ian Hazacostas. Now, I had my media pass on me. I for all intents and purposes, was a member of the media. So I was like, well, I'm going to go do the media thing. And I went up and I checked in with the desk and everyone said, yeah, sure, just go on in. We can see your media pass, Countdown a Classic, sure, whatever, go on in. And I sat in this room with Ian and about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten other people. Um, and, and can keep that number in mind because it'll come back later. So the room's about half full. They only had about 20, 25 seats laid out for media members. It's only about 10 people in there. And I would say three or four or five of them came in halfway through. So for a good 15 minutes, there was only about a handful of us there. It was really a bit odd. Um, so we start up the interview and the PR person just says, all right, I'm going to open the floor to questions now. Crickets. And, and I mean a good 10 seconds of crickets. Like no one said a word. And there was a bit of an awkward, uncomfortable laughter as everyone was like, you know, who's going to go first? Who's going to go first? No one said anything. Eventually, someone from some publication said something and a question was asked and Ian answered. Then they say, all right, next question. Who's up? Again, crickets for a good, uncomfortable five, six, seven seconds. And at that moment, I just thought, I, I was, went in there with the thought that I was not going to say boo. I wasn't going to say a single word. I'm not a retail guy. I didn't want to steal question time from the media that might be really invested in retail. So I was just going to sit there, have a bit of fun, have a listen, see Ian Hazacostas, do his thing in person, live, and just enjoy it all. But then I realized when the media who are there aren't interested in asking questions, well, screw it. I'm going to ask him a question. So I jumped at the chance and I put up my hands and I said, yeah, Ian, hey, uh, I have a question for you. And I'm trying to remember now the specific wording of what I said, but um, it actually fed off something that came up in the World of Podcast panel that I had done the night before. And during that panel, if you listen again to the recording after I'm done doing this, someone brings up the notion of um, changing narratives and and how the decisions that Blizzard make obviously reverberate through the player base and how they're received and whether they're popular or not very popular. And that had stuck in my mind. So I asked Ian, to what extent 
can Blizzard change tact with their narrative given that they are planned years in advance? So we all know, and if you don't know, the World of Warcraft plotline is meticulously planned out years in advance. They know what they're doing. This isn't something that's just one day, six months out, someone says, hey, what if, um, I don't know, Vol'jin dies? Oh, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Um, it's not how it's done, obviously. It's all planned out well before with the mind maps and all that jazz and run by a, uh, run through a multitude of writers. So I asked him, you know, when you see... And, and I had the what had been happening with Sylvanas high in my mind, as obviously a lot of you know that there was a bit of a negative reaction behind some of the things that Sylvanas has been doing narratively lately. So I said to him, given all that's happened this year with the reactions to the narrative... How much will you guys shuck and jive with your story based on what people are thinking? Or do you stay resolute and have faith in the course that you've chosen? Something along those lines. I worded it much better at the time. But anyway, he was impeccable in his answer. And he answered, it took about two or three minutes in his answer. He was quite in-depth. And he, he agreed that, yes, obviously we do plan everything years in advance and the moral of the story from him was, look, we do have faith in our story, but yes, there are small parts of it that we are happy to tinker with if things change with the way in which certain elements are received. Now, in saying that, he drew a really great analogy to Game of Thrones. He said, I'll, I'll throw you an example at you. He goes, think of the way that Game of Thrones is done. They have their highs, they have their lows, narratively speaking, but they are all deliberate. If there is outrage, if there is controversy at a certain scene, at a certain plot line, that's not accidental. That is completely by design. And so the same principles are applied with World of Warcraft. He goes, those moments of shock with certain characters we're not shocked at the reaction because that's what we were going for. And then if things need to change slightly later on, we can tinker with a few things here and there, but we trust our guts and we stick with the storylines that we have chosen because we know what we're doing and how people are likely going to react. I thought that was a really, really interesting answer. And I'm massively paraphrasing that because I did not record his answer because I didn't know that I could take recording equipment into this thing and actually just sit there. Everyone had their little recorders on the table in front of him. I had my recorder back at the hotel room. I didn't even think to take it with me this day because this wasn't the day that any classic stuff happened. But I wish I had now because um, I, I really hate to paraphrase him and I'm going to have to look around. Maybe Wowhead has a transcription of that interview because they have a transcription of the classic interview the next day and I would be very surprised if they didn't have a representative in on this one as well, um, copying down what was happening or recording what was happening. And I'm sure there's a, a transcription of this somewhere on the internet. So please, if you do happen to find it, by all means, throw it in the Discord and, and you'll spot my question in there somewhere. It, it would be the second question that was asked. But um, look, just back to Ian Hazacostas for a second. I've got to say that while this guy was answering my question, I have never felt more respected, more listened to, and just, he gave such an earnest answer. And the reason I say this is he was lasering me the whole time. And I was taught this when I was a young lad, you know, when you, you're talking to someone, you 
for most of the time, you should be looking them in the eyes. And this guy stared me down with a matter of uh, a factness and a great amount of respect as I had asked an adult question and he was giving me an adult answer. And it was really, really cool to be taken so seriously. And this was the moment where I was, like I said, I had my little press pass around my neck and I've done work for the press in the past. A lot of you don't know, I was a sports journalist in another life many years ago. These press conferences are not alien to me. I've been there, done it. I know what press etiquette is. I know how to ask a question. I know how to get to people. This guy was phenomenal. He was was doing it the way it was supposed to be done. And I just got a really positive vibe out of him that he took uh, me very seriously and it was just professional really is all I can say. So uh, that was a really good initial impression of Ian and I really wanted to grab him before he left that session but unfortunately he was whisked away to another interview. They said he was running late for something else and he really, really had to go so he couldn't say hello to anyone and he, he was taken out of the room by PR rep straight away so that was a bit of a shame but really sparked a, a a bit of interest from me in, in this guy that I've known about. But to see him in person, it, it was really, really um, – uh, he, he cut an impressive figure, as I tweeted recently as well. But more on Ian later. Now, after that, um, funnily enough, the person sitting behind me, as soon as all the press got up, said – Hey, I'm sorry, excuse me. I, I think I recognize that voice. Are you Josh from Countdown to Classic? And I turned around and they didn't see that I was wearing my Countdown to Classic shirt. And I said, yes, that's me. And it was another member of the media who, and I, God, I wish I'd asked him what publication he was from because I stupidly forgot to. And he said, oh, I'm a really big fan of the show. I, I listen all the time. And I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. I was like, wow, thank, thanks so much. And, and we shot the shit for just a quick minute or two. And it was really nice to have a member of the media come up and say, like, hey, man, I'm, I dig what you're doing. Um, so that was a moment for me. That that was really nice as well. Now, after that, um, Patricia and I walked around BlizzCon a bit more. We saw the amazing Overwatch arena, which, God, if you're even slightly into Overwatch, get your butt to BlizzCon and get in that arena because it is amazing. I'm not a big Overwatch person. We watched it for about 20 minutes. I had no idea what was going on, but I was freaking loving it. Um, it was really, really cool to see. I think it was Canada versus France that we sat in on. All the Canadians in all their uh, you know, Canada paraphernalia um, was just fantastic. Flags flying everywhere. Everyone's wearing the shirts. Everyone's cheering for their country. It was it was just amazing, and, and I really do recommend you check that out if you get to BlizzCon at any time. Um, after that, look, dinner with Tsunami, shooting Palfurus. It was so great to be able to head out to dinner with the mods, learn a bit more about them as people, just talk about BlizzCon and everything. And I, I, funnily enough, Patricia and I learned a thing or two about chicken and waffles. We had never had them before, and we were like, how is this a combination? We don't really understand. And then, funnily enough, we loved it. So that was nice to get that done. Uh, we didn't get drunk that night. There was a god-awful DJ playing at the Hilton lobby. And I'm sorry if you're listening, Mr. DJ, but um, a few people were commenting that he was uh, not doing the uh, musical service that he perhaps he should be doing. And um, it was turning a few people off the Hilton that night. Um, so many people migrated to the Marriott. But the, funny, because a tweet that I saw, the funniest tweet I probably saw during BlizzCon was someone put put on Twitter, um, 
this DJ at the Hilton is the greatest thing to happen to the Marriott Hotel Bar of all time. And I somewhat agreed with that. I thought that was quite funny. But um, look, I I didn't get drunk. I wanted to be okay for the WoW Classic Media Q&A, which was the next day. I was a bit restless that night. We stayed up quite late. I was trying to think of, you know, two to three really awesome questions to potentially ask the next day during the media session. And, you know, I, I know that we were only get a, going to get about 30 minutes with um, the classic devs in, in a media-only kind of session. And so I really put some thought into it. I, I, I sat there and I wrote out a couple of drafts or tinkered with a few things. And ultimately, I came up with three questions. I was like, yep, this is what I'll ask. I think um, I'll get to that in a second. But it was, it was something relating to sharding, something relating to progressive itemization and, and things of that nature. But... I didn't want to draft a boatload of them because there's a number of people in these media sessions and it's not, you know, the, the thing where you get to ask a multitude of questions. You have your best two or three locked and loaded and then if you get to ask them, then that's great. But anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. So we wake up the next day and it's Saturday. It's day two of BlizzCon and we abused yet another buffet breakfast. God, I've eaten, I've eaten more sausages this week than humans should be able to consume. I tell you what, Americans, you can do sausages so well, and uh, we will miss that about this place because as good as they are in Australia, we're going to miss uh, what you do with it here. Now, we got into BlizzCon at about 11 as opposed to 12 the day before, and I was ready to go for this 12.30 um, classic media session. Now, this is where uh, the, the story for some of you kind of begins because a lot of you have asked about this given what was talked about in the discord on the day when it was absolutely firing. Um, here's what I'm going to do when I tell this story. I'm simply going to tell you the facts. This is just, I'm not going to get overly opinionated about it. I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm literally just going to tell you factually what happened. So here is what happened. I received a media pass for BlizzCon. I received this media pass through the Australian office. I was put in touch with uh, a member of the Sydney office. They called me prior to BlizzCon. They talked to me. They were a lovely, lovely chat. They did what they could for me, and they got me a media pass to pass to BlizzCon, which was fantastic. I couldn't have been happier. What I uh, sort of confused myself with when I got this media pass is they emailed me and they did absolutely say in this email that um, even though I was receiving a media pass, I was not to be involved in the group interviews, any one-on-one interviews. I wasn't to um, approach any of the devs and ask for an interview without sort of asking the PR people first, which is all completely understandable. That's all fine. I misinterpreted this slightly because I thought it was kind of more like the one-on-one style interviews, like you're not getting anything special that other people aren't getting was my understanding. What I didn't get, which was basically explained to me on this day was that I was not allowed access as well to these group interviews. So everything I just told you that happened with Ian the day before, I wasn't allowed to be there. I didn't know that. And the Blizzard representatives I spoke to on that day 
didn't know that or didn't particularly care, but they were dealing with the North American side of things. They had just presumed I was North American, North American media. So they had no problems with me being there. Nobody knew that I was an Australian or whatever. And I didn't know that there was a difference between uh, North American and non-North American media. I just thought media meant media pass. That was it. But what I came to learn was that that was not the case, that effectively these sessions were for North American media and that was it. If you weren't North American media, you weren't supposed to take part. You were kind of um, meant to just have access to the other parts of, of BlizzCon that the media had access to, like the media room, um, playing the demos without waiting for the lines and, and things of that nature. But the way in which I found this out was I got a text from the Australian PR representative who was at BlizzCon and we had meant to meet up the day before. He sent me a couple of friendly messages going, hey, Josh, you around? Love to meet up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just missed each other a couple of times on the first day, but I said, look, I'll catch you tomorrow. That's all good. So he texted me about 11 o'clock in the morning as I was so excited to, to get involved with this uh, media panel. And he just said, hey, Josh, you know, I'm... Uh, just to remind you, 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 you likely can't get involved in this media panel, um, but I'm doing what I can to try and do something for you. And I wrote back to him and, and sort of, this was the first I'd sort of realized like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to be in these things. I, I, but I've got a media pass. I didn't really get it. And then I reread the email that Blizzard had sent me and to be a hundred percent fair to Blizzard, there really was, there, I shouldn't have confused myself. It was quite clear by the wording of his email that, yeah, I, I had a media pass, but a lot of the um, benefits that come with a media pass were not unlocked for me. Um, so it was kind of like a half media pass, if you will, which I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for it. It was a free ticket to BlizzCon. That's amazing. Um, but it, I didn't sort of realize the implications of what was said to me when I should have realized that. So I said to him, Oh, uh, Oh crap. Like, um, I, I still obviously would love to get in there. If you can see what you can do for me, that would be amazing. I appreciate, um, you know, the effort I'll come up and find you and say hi anyway. So I wander upstairs to the media area. Funnily enough, J. Allen Brack walked by me. Um, and I was going to say hello. This is before I sort of realized I wasn't getting in. And I was going to go say hello, but he was with someone and looked pretty busy. So I thought I'll, I'll just leave that one be. But it was cool to see him. But anyway, I go up to the, the media area and I see uh, a community manager and I see a couple of PR people. Now, I uh, introduced myself to a few people and it was great to meet a couple of people that I have um, seen around the place online and everyone was lovely and uh, one of these people was like, oh, Josh, like, hey, how are you? you you're going to be in on, on the classic thing, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping to be. And they were like, well, why wouldn't you be? And I sort of said, well, that's what I thought. But um, look, I've been told by the Australian office that um, I, I probably maybe shouldn't be in there because I'm Australian media. And that was somewhat news to them um they sort of went oh oh okay um not sure and i said well is it okay with you guys if i go in and they're like we don't care go in um and i said look just to do the right thing i'm not going to go in i'm going to wait for this australian guy and just make sure that everything is hunky-dory um 
I didn't hear back from the Australian guy for a few minutes and the panel had started. So I started to get a bit itchy and I said, fuck it. I'm just, I'm not hearing anything back, whether I'm allowed in or not. I'm being told by a couple of North American representatives that I'm allowed in. So screw it. I am going in. So I walk in the room and there's the two classic devs uh, doing their thing. They're about two minutes into the start of this panel and there's about uh, 20 members of the media there, which was notable because, as I said earlier, there was only about half as many for the World of Warcraft one the day before. Interesting to note that there was the room was actually quite busy for the classic panel. Um, now, there were about five or six free seats. And so I was about to go and move towards one when I walked in the room. And the first person I saw standing by the door and who turned around and looked at me when I walked in was the Australian PR representative. And he looked at me and he pointed at me and he said, Josh. And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, hey. And I said, hey, hey, nice to meet you. And he, and he, he didn't have, um, <laughs> he didn't, he looked uh, bummed out for me. So uh, I read this sort of uh, sullen look and I just said to him, I'm not supposed to be here, am I? And he shook his head sort of sadly and said, no, sorry, come outside with me. And so I walked outside with him and um, he just explained to me that, look, dude, I've done what I can. This is a North American media session only. Um, Given that you're basically, you got your media pass through the Australian office. You're here with us, you know, somewhat as a a guest of, of Blizzard Australia. Um, you're categorized as one of ours. This is for North Americans only, and it would be unfair to the North American media to have other members of the world's media effectively taking their time or stealing questions from them. Um, we don't want to obviously uh, do that, and it's important that everyone sort of gets their own time. And I said, look, I, I, I do understand. I was gutted, though. I was completely gutted, and he saw that in my face, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. And he, he profusely apologized a number of times. And I said, look, that that's fine. Um, just let me know when's the, the other, is there another time for the rest of the world's media? And the answer was no, that, that was it. So that was, that was the chance. And, uh, you know, God bless him. He, he saw how gutted I was. He apologized several times. Um, and I just, I told him I was obviously disappointed but I, I didn't kick up a stink, and I, I left on my way. Um, it was just, it was very disappointing and 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 sad for me, given the 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 trip that I went on, and then just to pile on top of that, seeing other people, other content creators walk in there with a big smile on their face, I would have loved to have been a part of that, um, and and that was another thing that made it so hard. Is is just being so close, but, but not being able to be a part of it. Um, I had said to you all that I'd hope to record it all. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that recording's out there anyway. Um, you can see that now you can see transcripts, you can find recordings. Um, it turned into about a 20 minute session with them. Um, I, I, I just wasn't in there to ask questions. Um, I would have had Two, those two or three questions ready to go. Like, like I said, it would have been uh, something along the lines of, you know, I really wanted to ask, said, okay, here, my first question would have been something like this. Um, 
We have been told numerous times throughout the process of WoW Classic that it's all about re-delivering the vanilla experience. A year ago, J. Allen Brack sat here and told us that, and we've had that repeated to us through various interviews. Now you've decided to go with sharding. However, to me, that seems to be against the original vanilla experience. How can you explain the decision to put that into the game? That's something that I would have asked, a relatively short, sharp question with somewhat of a preamble. Um, The next question I wanted to ask was, you will more than likely have progressive content in the game, I'm guessing. This is before the WoW panel and before we were told that we were getting progressive content. Um, I was going to ask, given that we can all presume that progressive content is coming our way, can you tell us if progressive itemization will follow? Um, That's something that I would have asked as well. But um, instead, you got the questions that you did. You can read those questions online now. You can see what the responses were, and that's how it went. I just couldn't get involved, and I would have loved to. That's the end of that chapter, basically. Um, I went downstairs. I was sad, to say the least. Um, I found Patricia. I found uh, Palfurus and Tsunami and Shudan, and I sat down with them, and they could see in my face um, and my body language how upset I was. Um, we sat down waiting for the WoW Classic panel to start. Uh, poor Patricia was ready to go bananas. Um, the Discord went off when, when obviously you guys found out when I started telling you what had happened. And it, honestly, to all of you, thank you. It was touching to see how many of you were sad for me, how many of you started responding and saying chin up and things like that. And, you know, then Reddit posts and official classic forum posts started going up, telling people what had happened. And I just, it meant a lot to me. And I really do want to say thank you just for the interest in what was going on at the time. Um, it, It really did mean the world to me. I can't say that enough, but in saying that, look, I don't want people to think that there's any conspiracy theory or any kind of devious um, uh, conniving going on behind the scenes. It really was very simply explained to me. I simply didn't understand it. I'll wear that one. Um, It's still something where I feel it it could have been done, but the decision was made not to. But I, I don't begrudge Blizzard at all for that. As I said, I'll simply stick with the fact that I'm disappointed. Um, it, it would have been so great to have, have been in there and, and been uh, amongst it with everyone else. But anyway, moving right along, the classic panel started. And um, from there, uh, you know, oh, it's just one last thing as well. I, I saw that someone wrote in one of the forum posts that um, my wife and I got kicked out of the WoW Classic media panel. Now, <laughs> I should say, Patricia wasn't there with me when all this happened. But <laughs> the other thing is, apparently we got married during BlizzCon because someone described her as my wife. Patricia, Patricia and I aren't married, but we, we had a fun little laugh at that one. So that was cute. But um, then the uh, panel starts. And again, I'm not going to get into my thoughts on what was said during the panel. That's coming. There were a couple of interesting points, a couple of slight disappointments. Look, I'm not totally on board with loot trading like many of you. I'm not really on board with sharding again, as many of you are. I will not be hyperbolic and say I will not play WoW Classic because of sharding. I think that's ridiculous. 
As I've said before, there are a number of things they can do with this game that I will still play it. Even though I might be slightly unhappy with the decision, I'm not going to make that knee-jerk reaction and say, screw that, I'm out. Um, I think that's a bit silly, but uh, I'm not terribly pleased with it, and I think that it is uh, a negative that um, I would love to see them reconsider. But in saying that, I understand why they have convinced themselves there's a need to do it. I just disagree with that logic. But what do I know? We're going to touch on that next week on Countdown to Classic, and I will give you some very in-depth thoughts, not only of mine, because as you all know, I'm not the expert, but of a number of callers who have a lot to say about these issues, and I'm really, really excited for that conversation. But after that, um, you look at another thing is just, it was so great to meet the classic team. And um, that's one thing a lot of you were hoping for. Give us new faces, give us new voices. And even though we still got a lot more of Ian, which obviously wound up being fantastic, quite frankly, because as I'll go on to say, I think Ian was ironically the MVP of uh, BlizzCon for WoW Classic fans. Um but, you know, we got two new faces, and that was something that people really want to see, including the lead of the project. Now, keen listeners of Countdown to Classic will notice that about a month ago in my interview with Alex Brazi, he let slip that Brian Birmingham was one of the people involved on the project. And not only that, he told you a story about how he had spoken to Brian and Brian was the person who had really taken on board the job of convincing Blizzard that this could be done. There was a huge inference during Classic's, uh, sorry, during Alex's story that the classic lead was Brian Birmingham. So, I sort of let people know in dark corners of the Discord and Twitter that if you listen very intently to Countdown to Classic, you likely know who the lead is. So all of you listeners, this wasn't news. A lot of you probably said, hey, I listened to Countdown to Classic. I knew this already. So it was really fun to learn that. And I got a really big kick out of getting somewhat of a slight scoop on that one. Even though it was just an inference, I had a little chuckle to myself that um, that was something we found out about on the show a long time ago. And out of respect to Alex, um, I had gotten in touch with him about that. And he asked me not to to make a big deal out of it. So I didn't. Um, I, I would have loved to have said like, you know, hey, if you listen to Countdown to Classic, you know who the lead developer is. But I, I sat on that one a little bit. Um, and I just let people know, you know, if you listen around this time, maybe you'll hear something interesting. So I'm glad that some of you picked up on that. Now, I was glad to hear, you know, how the game was made. We'd heard a lot of that in the um, uh, the water coolers before. It was great to hear what we're getting in terms of um, progressive content and all that nature. Again, I'll talk about what I feel of the timetable release. And even though they haven't gotten into the specifics, they've obviously broken it up a little bit. So we'll get into that again later. The WoW panel followed the general WoW panel. And again, we had that wonderful moment Um Really, uh, I mean, not the Chris Metzen moment. That was fantastic as well. It's nice to see him back there. But I think a really understated moment for classic fans was that little faux pas made by Scott Johnson, the moderator who obviously hosts the Instance podcast, where he off the cuff kind of made that comment about um, 
retail or modern WoW being the real game. And being there live, I picked up on this as well, and, and many of you have picked up on it since, and the videos are going around Reddit and whatnot, but Ian jumps on him straight away. And I know this is likely, it's not only, it, it's, it's the result of not only media training and PR training, but also Ian's history as a gamer, I think, where he was on him straight away and said, whoa, 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 you know, and I'm paraphrasing, going, not to say that Classic WoW isn't the real game as well. And just having someone go into bat for Classic like that, even though it was such, it really was a, a little thing at the end of the day. I don't think there would have been a huge furore over Scott's comments that like, you know, oh, how dare you dismiss Classic like that. The fact that Ian jumped in where perhaps it wasn't even necessary was really nice to see someone just sort of take up the mantle of Classic and say, you know, hey, they're here too, or we're here too. We count, we're part of the real game. It's just a little bit of a different thing, but, you know, horses for courses. So I really, again, just another chip in Ian's pile for being a really impressive figure at this BlizzCon. Um, you know, we heard about the fact that there would be no correlation whatsoever between Modern WoW and, and Classic WoW, no transmog benefits. I really liked that answer. If you go back and listen to the wording of the answer when it was explained that we didn't design Classic or we didn't make Classic in order to benefit people in retail or just so you could grind away in classic to make your retail experience more um, enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. And please, I do invite you go back and listen to that one particular question and answer because in the moment sitting there live, I just thought the wording and the delivery, I forget the person who answered it, but they were fantastic in just the way in which they sort of shot that one down. It was, it was great. And I think that's the right decision at the end of the day. I think there should not have been a correlation to discourage people from just trying Classic out for a little bit just to get a, a more of a reward or complete their collection in retail. Um, after that, you know, uh, the Overwatch final was huge. Um, the line was epic. We wanted to check it out. But again, we're BlizzCon noobs. It was so freaking big by the time we got there, about, I don't know, an hour and a half before the, the final. It was already just something you wouldn't bother with. So we we didn't bother and and, you know, Anyway, that was that day. Look, that night was the end of BlizzCon, and, and this was a big one. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, make acquaintances with someone from Blizzard, and I won't get into who it was, but um, they're reasonably well-known. And um, it was just something where, you know, we, we bonded uh, earlier in the convention and we set up that we would have a drink at some point, and that drink wound up being at the end of the second day of BlizzCon. Now, uh, I met up with this person and um, their lovely girlfriend, and I had Patricia with me, and the four of us just sat there and started drinking, and we started chatting, and we had one beer and, and shot the shit. Then we had another beer. Then we had another beer. Then we had another beer, and you can see where this is going. And we had the best time um, with uh, these people as more and more of them started to join us. We were joined by a bunch of podcasters as well. And it was so nice to meet some of the loveliest people who obviously do what I do as well. And to be able to talk shop a little bit um, and just talk, you know, fandom in general, it was fantastic. Um, you know, a, a big shout out to Pat Crane and Thist, 
um, who were just absolute legends. Um, Pat obviously does the Convert to Raid podcast. Um, Thist, you'll also find, um, does uh, another podcast with Pat called Lagging Balls. Please do go and check them out if you haven't already. Lagging Balls is phenomenal. It's really good fun, and they're such uh, great um, – you know they're two great people for a laugh. Um, I met, I bumped into Leviathan, who does the West March Workshop um, podcast, and you know he was a legend as well. He's going to come on the show hopefully soon to break down a bit of what happened with Diablo at BlizzCon, and also um, Jason from the Starting Zone podcast, absolute legend uh, again. Like these guys were just so great, and it was so lovely to meet them all, um, and they were really really helpful in terms of tips and who to talk to and how to move forward with the podcast from here so i will be taking them up on their offers on on how to get the countdown to classic name out there a bit more but back to the 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 blizz the blizzard staff uh who i was talking with um you know we talked movies uh you know it's a special moment when you can sit there drunk and gas bag about ghostbusters 2 for five minutes and things like that like it's really good fun we we discussed our backgrounds we had a lot in common um, and, and we really did have a blast. Um, yes, I, I got a little bit of insider information. I, I won't go into any further into it, but like that, that's not why you do it. It was just so nice just to talk to someone as a person, get along and, and just straight off the bat there there didn't have to be any in between, no conduit, no person introducing you to this person, just, Hey, let's have a beer and let's start chatting. And it was just, this person was fantastic. So if they're listening, I say thank you again. Um, now from there, uh, I had, uh, drinks with a few of the Aussies as well, which was great. Um, and I met up with the Aussie PR, uh, guy again, um, you know, there were no hard feelings. It was great to just have a beer with the boys and sort of, uh, talk about what had happened over the last couple of days. And, um, it, it was fantastic. And, and probably the last point of that night that I'll end on was a, well-known person from Blizzard. I, I was told to go up and introduce myself by some of the other podcasters. They said, go up and meet this person. You've got to, it's fine. You know, just have a chat. So I, I went up with the intention of sort of finding out how I could maybe go about getting an interview or two later down the track with some of the staff. And you would all know this person, but I won't say who it was. And I tapped them on the shoulder and I felt horrible because it was so rude. They were talking to a couple of lovely ladies and um, I said, I waited for a moment of a break in the conversation. I'm not that bad. I didn't just butt in sort of mid conversation to blow up his spot, but there was a lull in the conversation as I'd sort of been standing next to them. And at that moment I said, Oh, excuse me, excuse me. So-and-so um, I'm so sorry to butt in. My name's Josh um, countdown to classic podcast. Just wanted to say hello. The boys over there all said I should come over and say hello. And they sort of, um, you know, they were over in that direction and he saw them and I just said, look, just real quick, I just want to see, uh, am I able to email you in the future perhaps about some, um, you know, points of contact for interviews and things like that. And this person, I'll never forget it, looked at me and he sort of looked me up and down and he said, number one, yes, we do know about your show. Number two, I'm very drunk. <laughs> and... That's where I'll sort of leave you with my BlizzCon recount. And that was a moment that was really special for me because 
to have someone like that say, look, whether he was, I did not get the impression that he was pissing in my pocket. I didn't get the impression that he was lying just to get me away because he was talking to some girls. I thought he was genuine in his response. And to hear someone from Blizzard say, look, we know about you. We know your show. That was it for me. That made the trip that everything that had happened, um, that, that was the moment. And that's all I'd ever wanted to be honest with you. And it's something where I I don't want to make it sound like I obviously appreciate you guys, the fans. Um, but to have a moment where we all talk about, we want Blizzard to hear us. We want to hear them. Um, we want them to hear us voice our concerns. We want to know that we are being listened to. And that's been one of the biggest problems on the forums where we, we criticize Blizzard saying they don't listen, they don't listen. And I mean, that's really a, a criticism perhaps of implementation, but there is a difference obviously between listening and doing, but maybe they do listen. It's at least one part of the equation. And to know that they know about this show when at times I feel like, you know, I wonder how many people out there um, uh, know about us. And I can see the figures every week, which is obviously phenomenal. There's so many of you worldwide checking in with the show. But to know that uh, industry figures like some of the people who have called into the show, who I'm so thankful for, for checking in, um, extends to the people who are actually making the game was a very nice moment for me. And um, I'm not presuming that every staff member listens to every minute of the show or anything like that. But if, if one person has heard one minute of this show over at Irvine, um, that's such a gratifying experience for me. And um, it was something that, despite the silliness and, and the fun of the moment when they told me that they were drunk, um, I, I was touched and uh, I let them be on their way. And uh, I basically went home to bed after that. So that was BlizzCon, everyone. That was my experience. And I'm literally about to get on a flight in about two hours' time back to Australia. And I just want to say thank you again to all of you listening now. Because if you didn't listen to this show, um, I wouldn't be here. If, if the number of you that do listen to the show weren't there, none of this would be happening. And, and the show would have ended a long time ago. Um, I certainly wouldn't have traveled to California to be at BlizzCon. And I certainly wouldn't be prepared to go forward in 2019 with the show. So I've really got a new lust for life and a new, um, you know, zest, uh, a spring in my uh, shoes, if you will, going forward with the show into 2019. There's so much we haven't covered yet and so much I want to do um, that we will get there. As many of you know, the show is moving to a once a week format from now going forward. This is really, really important for the show and for myself. And I think it's something that will actually help the show in the long run because it will give a lot of you the chance to catch up. I know so many of you are behind or you struggle to listen to the show. I mean, I'm pumping out almost five hours of content a week. It's a, it's a bit much, to be honest. And obviously, every other podcast under the sun usually just does the once a week format. I'm more than happy to go back to that. More importantly, um, after what is now, you know, eight, nine months of crunching through this show and getting to 80 episodes or 81 episodes now, um, it's time for me to claim a little bit of my life back and have some more spare time to do the things that I love to do, like gaming. Um, I haven't done much of it this year and it's important for me to get it back because obviously when Classic drops, 
I'll be wanting to play the game. And if the show is taking up the majority of my time like it has been, it just won't be the same. So I, I will be cutting back to once a week, but I don't want you to think that that's going to compromise the quality of the show at all. It won't. Um, you'll expect more of what you've gotten from Countdown to Classic, more amazing calls, more amazing um, uh, moments, hopefully. And I just really look forward to bringing you more and more of the show. And all of you are so important to me. And I, I can tell you as well, I've gotten some of the most amazing emails from people over the past week or two. Um, there seems to be a few more than usual coming in. And every single one of them has been really touching. Like this isn't just people just writing and say, saying, hi, Josh, thanks for the show. Bye. These are long, in-depth interviews of people pouring their hearts out to me, saying how thankful they are for the show, and it means a lot to me. And I've always said to you all that even if you're just writing in to say hi, it really does just, um, you know, it's so nice. It's so, so nice. And anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll stop going on, guys. You all know I love you. Thank you so much for everything. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to play you uh, firstly – a uh, quick listener call about a BlizzCon breakdown. It only goes for about um, eight or nine minutes. And then I'm going to play you the full recording from the World of Podcasts panel that I have talked about, that I was a part of. So that goes for an hour. Please do listen to it in its entirety if you can. It's not like I only speak at the first 10 minutes. I do jump in, funnily enough, to talk a bit of retail stuff later on in the podcast as well. Everyone on that panel is fantastic. You'll find it super interesting. So please do give it a go. And um, I'll check in again with you just after that recording and say goodbye. But uh, let's get into it now with a bit of Calling Countdown. All right, we've got another caller on the line now, and who are we speaking with? Hi there, this is uh, Jake, but I go by Yacobi online. Thanks so much for calling in, Yacobi. Now, I have reached out to the listeners, and I'm killing some time in my hotel room before I fly back to Australia, and I was reaching out for some general BlizzCon impressions, and the people have just heard some tales of mine from all things BlizzCon and, and my movements around, but I wanted to reach out to, to some of you who may have been watching at home, and tell us just generally now, what were your thoughts of BlizzCon? Positive, negative? How did you go with it all? Um, I think this is one of the more interesting BlizzCons uh, since the convention's been going. Um, I'm not a, like, a, I wouldn't say I'm an avid, avid watcher where I could tell you all the details of every past BlizzCon and all the crazy things that have happened. But um, I mean, in my opinion, this has definitely been one of the maybe some of the lower key ones. You know, it's not like we have uh, the big live stage shows with uh, Tenacious D playing this year, as far as I know, or we don't have any... Um, major new ips being launched so i think it's a little on the quieter side but like you know as you're aware like we also had a lot of news going in this time you know we knew about classic going in this time so there's a lot of tension um you know i think uh the people in the diablo scene were had a uh, rumbling on their news that something was coming down the pipe so i think there was some anticipation there and i'm sure the people who are uh mainstream wow players were, were looking for what's uh what's going to be happening with them so i think there was uh anticipation for this blizzcon but definitely uh not as big as some other years have been 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I'm not too much of a BlizzCon historian, but the lack of a new game or a new IP definitely sort of does take away a little bit from the bombastic nature of it. But you can still have a great BlizzCon without that happening. I was I, I was perfectly comfortable with it. I thought it was a great BlizzCon, and not just because I was there. If I had have been sitting at home, I, I would have said the same thing. I'm I'm quite satisfied with the amount of information that we got and what we were absolutely yeah. Um, but yeah. in saying that, uh, I mean, we'll get to WoW Classic in a second because I'm sure that's obviously your focus. But everything non-WoW Classic, are you are you a Diablo guy at heart or anything else? What else do you play? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I dabbled back in Diablo back in the day in uh, with number two back in the late '90s. Uh, so I have some fond memories there. But I mean, really, it was. It's funny to say, you know, going into this BlizzCon, I was 100% focused on WoW Classic and you know what news you would be bringing to us. But to be honest, now that they've dropped this uh, Warcraft Three Reforged announcement, I'm uh, I might be uh, focusing a little less on World of Warcraft now because that is. Uh, that's a dream come true for at least me and my friends and my brother. It's uh, that game was really a, a huge influence on us growing up as kids there. So the, to hear, and we still play it regularly to this day, you know, it's one, it's the one game we know runs on all of our computers, no problem. So we, uh, we still dabble in Warcraft three uh, frequently. So to see here that that's getting a shiny new coat of paint and some uh, more attention is uh, really exciting for us too. So I'm uh, really happy with that news. Now, Yakobi, are you going to be telling me that there's going to be pressure on a countdown to Warcraft 3 Reforged? I mean, I'm thinking about it. I think <laughs> part of me is like, you know, we could, uh, you know, part of me would love to be the guy who's uh, getting the sister podcast going for Warcraft Reforged there. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely interesting um, for those, you know, if any of you haven't really played it, it's, you know, it's an absolutely amazing RTS Um and it's got a long-lasting influence on the industry. A lot of games like League of Legends and Dota take, uh, you know, direct influence from Warcraft 3's engine. And, you know, you can still see all the love and detail that went into World of Warcraft right from that game. So it's got a, it's definitely got a really special place in my heart and a lot of my people I know's heart. So we're, uh, we're really looking forward to that one. So it's going to be hard to want to put all my time into uh, Classic when it comes in there. And, uh, if I've got that uh, stealing my attention, that's for sure. I completely agree with you. And you, you raise an interesting point that I feel, while I'm sure it's been discussed, I don't think it's been discussed very loudly just yet. Now, I'm a Warcraft 3 fan as well. And I was, like you, super, super excited to see that trailer come up for Warcraft 3 Reforged. And I have every intention of playing it. Here's the problem. I have every intention of playing WoW Classic as well. Now, we, yeah. we don't have firm release dates for either of them, but we know summer 2019 for WoW Classic, and we know 2019 sometime for Warcraft 3 Reforged. Now, I'm guessing that they're not going to be terribly far <laughs> removed from each other in terms of release dates, like, you know, a few months, give or take. So No, exactly. And I would think if, if I, you know, I'm not a marketing guy, but to me, it makes sense to, you know, when the hype for Warcraft is at its peak, you kind of want to get those products out there into people's hands at the same time, right? Absolutely. And and that was the thing. So, like, what what my interesting take is it'll be really really fun to see what effect it has on the player base who are diving into wow classic when all they want to do is you know perhaps either zerg to 60 or at least you know play a lot of the game when they've got this other fantastic option sitting there waiting to exactly yeah it's a big dilemma yeah yeah and i think a lot of the you know a lot of thing i've you know it's nice to see veterans uh talking with new people now and 
as much information as we have out there about Classic WoW, and we know how to level relatively quickly, you know, especially if you have private server experience. I think a lot of people, you know, you try and remember it's about the journey, not the end goal. You want to enjoy your leveling experience. So, you know what, try and take your time. Maybe only, maybe not push yourself to be a server first unless that's what you really want. But at the same time, yeah, you know, you mix in a couple games of Warcraft 3 a week there, here and there. You do a few other things, and then you know what, you're behind your friends leveling up and they're doing end game content, and you're not. And, that was kind of my problem back in the original vanilla. So it's uh, I'm, I'm getting deja vu all of a sudden. Right. Just real quick, do you have a, a favorite mission or anything in Warcraft Three? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, the calling is so iconic. Geez, the calling is so fantastic now, and you know, even the the meme like of my friends and I can just riff the uh, Arthur and Uther exchange like a meme now. Like it's <laughs> it's so intended in our mind. But um, apart from that, I'm also a big fan of. Um, you know, even the the end game mission, really testing myself. How uh, you know the battle for Mount Hyjal is uh, really classic, and uh, um, yeah, those are probably two my two favorites. But I mean, it's such a well crafted campaign in general. There, I think you know it's true. I think even nowadays, it's still an absolute masterpiece of a single player game. Absolutely, and and there's obviously very good reason that they chose the culling to be what they gave us on the uh, demo floor there during BlizzCon. So that was um, yeah. for a lot of people to be able to go through again. Now, we'll, we'll finish up with the, the big guns on WoW Classic. Now, did you get a chance to, did you buy a virtual ticket and play the demo at all? or did you, you just? I did not, no. I had a hard for me to justify the, you know, I would, I would, I, I had to tell myself I'd be buying the $50 for the demo. I wouldn't be watching as much of the uh, virtual ticket as I'd, yeah. uh, you know, to get what I consider the values worth out of it. And then realistically, you know, how much time would I have to play over a 10 day period with the, and, you know, and now then learning about the one hour uh, cool down period for uh, servers to make sure, you know, we weren't all jumping in at once there. So I decided this probably wasn't the best investment for me. So I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to live vicariously through the podcast and through streamers and make my own opinions based on what I see. So there's a little part of me that's, you know, disappointed I can't have that tactile experience. But it has been really, in, uh, really interesting the uh, last couple of days uh, watching the community um, getting their hands on it. It's been a really good experience. So from what you've seen and heard so far, what's the initial impression? Positive, negative, or to be decided i'm going like at least 80 85 90 percent positive i'm really happy it's taking me right back to 2004 back to uh the feeling you know of running around in the big open world and you know seeing some of the more you know things nowadays that we take for granted but like you know some of these old uh classic mechanics there like you know how that they did keep true to them um you know, I was I was a little bar a little part of me was worried that when you know they said there would be some graphical enhancements. I'm not exactly no changes, but I uh, I actually expected it to look a little bit more like uh, current Battle for Azeroth style. Wow, and I think even the the enhanced graphics still are pretty faithful to the original system. But then showing what the classic looks like when you hit the classic button and reduce it, it's really faithful to it. So I'm uh, I'm really happy with the visual presentation overall. It looks pretty solid to me. Fantastic. Well, look, mate, thank you so much for calling in, for giving us some of your thoughts on all things BlizzCon. I really do appreciate it. And I uh, hope. Hey, you- happy to help, Josh. And thank you for uh, everything you're doing for the community and for the uh, for the classic scene here. You know, I just, you know, we all appreciate it for all of us out there who are just casual, casual listeners. You know, you are you are really a good source for us and we want to appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, mate. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you too. Take care, Josh. Welcome to the World of Podcast 2018 Warcraft Panel, presented by Medieval Times. 
The following is a presentation of D20 Creative Alliance and Con Before the Storm. For more information, go to conbeforestorm.com. My name is Jocelyn. I'll be your host tonight, and I am joined by a fantastic panel with a whole bunch of different interests in the world of Warcraft. So we have so, so much to go over tonight. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. So I'm going to pass this off. Ben, why don't you start us? Just tell what you do in World of Warcraft. A lot. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Ben Bumhofer. I am uh, part of Azeroth Roundtable and Battle Pets. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, but basically, I, well, I'm a kind of, I guess, casual player at this point, and, uh, well, obviously do Battle Pets and uh, have fun. So Excellent. Shoe Boots? Hey, I'm Shoe Boots. I'm yeah, from. I love you, <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Uh, but I do feel we should see other people. <laughs> I, so, I, I'm from the. I'm Shoe Boots. I'm from the Merely a Setback podcast. It's a podcast about storytelling and lore. Um, in game, I, I love raiding, but recently. I spend all my time failing at Battlegrounds because I really want that hippo mount. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much all I do right now. And our next guest is totally into what I think a lot of you guys are into. Wow, classic. Hey, I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm here all the way from Australia. My first BlizzCon. Um, I... I am indeed. Yeah, who loves Josh? Let's go. I'm in love with Wild Classic. It's great to be here. I have a podcast called Countdown to Classic. It comes out very regularly. Been doing it the whole year. I, I love doing the show, and it's great to be here. Excellent. And then next up, we have Greymane. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frosty. I do the uh, the Worgen Tower podcast. So it's a podcast about <laughs> about World of Warcraft and the community around it. So uh, eighth BlizzCon, I think now. So. Very excited to be here. Thank you all for being here. We've got a packed house. Yeah, I'm trying not to be too nervous, let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Katie, and I know you have kind of a lore focus too, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, random person. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm Katie. I do Torn and the Goblin. I'll give you one guess who the Goblin is. Uh, <laughs> and I love Warcraft lore, so... Um, I've been spending all battle for Azeroth reading every single quest text I can get my hands on. Yep. <laughs> it's That's a, quite a, a feat. <laughs> Both Horde, Horde and Alliance, or? So far, just Horde working on the Alliance. Yeah! 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 <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> and then rounding out the panel, all the way at the other end, we have Rob from Training Dungeons. I'm not intense. sure what's going on. I was at Carl's Jr. and they were like, do we have an extra seat? Can you please come? <laughs> and I was a uh, challenge accepted here. I have a friend that needs to come and sit right here. Have you guys heard? <laughs> do you guys know English guy? James Ridgers. Let's give a warm welcome for English guy. We've got an actual blizzard folk here. I probably can't say anything, but we'll see yeah, how this so goes. Fine. No. <laughs> Good answer always. All right, so late addition to the panel, English guy, what do you do? <laughs> I do whatever Rob tells me to do, apparently. Uh, yeah, my name is James Ridges, and uh, I am an honorary co-host, I suppose, of Training Dummies. And 
Um, I really got to watch my NDA because this is not PR approved. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to stop speaking right here. <laughs> I was going to say, I can just see like Lindsay flashing in with the pink hair. Like, no! <laughs> How did this happen? Like doing a whole jump in front of the bullet thing? Oh, 100%. 100%. So yeah, again, thank you guys all for joining me. I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about what we have coming up for World of Warcraft at BlizzCon. And actually, I'm going to start it off with Classic because... That's like the one no thing that yeah, we no 100% pressure, right? know that we're going to have a panel of at BlizzCon. That is the thing that's coming down the pipe. So, Josh, what can we expect from the classic panel? We can expect the first bit of decent information that we've had in quite a while. It's been, I mean, I, I should give Blizzard a lot of credit in terms of we have received some information, but a lot of us want more. We're greedy fans. That's what we want. But we are very, very excited about the 45-minute dedicated panel to all things classic. Um, we've got the demo coming, which is going to be amazing. Um, and obviously we'll be able to run around in that soon, find out a lot of things that we've been wondering about. But, um, we're hoping to learn more about the, the design philosophy that went into classic, how much of the past is being retained, whether anything new is coming is something that people are very much so wondering about as well. Isn't and, that kind of the opposite of classic though? Like well, new things? <laughs> classic. It's been a huge point of contention for the classic community. This, Argument of changes versus no changes. I don't know if some people are familiar with it, but um, it's somewhat fallen by the wayside over the last couple of months as we've gotten a little bit more information from Blizzard. I think people are just so ready for the game that we're somewhat just eager to play it and sort of like however they deliver, to it, deliver it to us, they deliver it to us, we're ready to accept, but people are still passionate about restoring what was uh many, many years ago. So we're very excited to sort of hopefully have it somewhat unchanged. Yeah. <laughs> That seems to be kind of the theme with WoW Classic is like everyone wants to go back and have that same vanilla experience. And I know I personally didn't play in vanilla. I didn't come to the game until uh, late Kata, early Mop. So... <gasps> <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! Come yeah, on! No, no. There's Morgan and Goblins were in the game by then. There's still a lot of questions out there. There's things like, um, you know, are we going to have progressive content? Are we going to have progressive itemization? Um, you know, things like, will there be a cash shop? Um, these are big questions that people just aren't sure about. And some people are really intrigued about that because it, it might change the way in which they feel about Classic. But for the most part, I think... The classic community is really positive about what's coming and we're just ready to dive in. And I've always described it as somewhat of a sliding doors moment, if anyone, anyone remembers that. Uh, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow movie from... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a chance to live somewhat of an alternate WoW life because I know I'll be doing everything the opposite. I was an Alliance player. Now I want to play as a Horde. Um, well, who you know, doesn't? Come on. Well, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, hey. <laughs> So it's a chance for me to do things a little bit differently, but some people I completely respect are like, screw that, I'm doing it all exactly the same way. So it's a do-over. It'll be a lot of fun. Excellent. So are anyone else on the panel, are you guys stoked for Classic? Like, what's your interest level? <laughs> We're used to it. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I, I played, I, I bought WoW in 2005, so I played vanilla, just so everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as long as we can lure new players to the Stormwind throne room when somebody's completing the Anixia quest so that Anixia kills them all, I'm on board. That's... Um, yeah. Spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> 
Just come to the throne room. I'll, it'll make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, so talking as someone who did come in during Burning Crusade, so I consider myself as I've gone through and playing vanilla because, you know, they didn't really change the content too much. Well, okay, there were like 20 iterations of vanilla. Everybody oh. knows that. <laughs> but do you think that for someone who is in the mindset of, okay, I've, I've finished it, I'm good, I've progressed and everything, do you think that there is going to be a draw or something there for someone like me? It depends what you want out of it. If You mentioned the Burning Crusade. Now, I know a large member, uh, sorry, a large number of the community are equally, if not more excited to perhaps, who knows what Blizzard will do pending the success of Classic, move on to a Burning Crusade Classic, a Wrath of the Lich King Classic, who knows? But what I'm saying is a lot of people are excited for Burning, Cru- Burning Crusade Classic. They're like, that's the expansion I really want to play again. So who knows what will happen? It's, it depends. We've got to dive in. We've got to... Um, you know, engage with classic, get the numbers up. I don't doubt that it will be somewhat successful. I'm, I've tempered my expectations a lot from what a lot of other people have said. People saying millions of people will jump into a classic and I'm going, whoa, slow your roll. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still expecting somewhat healthy numbers depending on, on what uh, you define as healthy, but there will be a dip. People will check it out. They'll have their fun in the playground for one, two, three, four months, I've got no doubt, and there will be a drop because people have seen it. And then the more committed players will will carry on. I think, though, it can somewhat climb back depending on how it's treated by Blizzard from there. Well, and you, and you kind of touched on something there, talking right. about expectations. And that's something that I think is kind of goes through classic. It goes through everything that we're doing in current WoW content is just like our expectations of what the Blizzard team is actually going to bring to us. So that's something that I kind of want to, a question I want to pose to the whole panel is we just saw Blizzard for, I think the first time ever in any of their properties, put up a blog post to say, whoa guys, those expectations are up here. Just just bring them down here a little bit, okay? And do you think that that's something that the WoW team should maybe do? Do you think that the, the content that they've given us, like the sneak peeks and stuff at BlizzCon... Have they put our expectations too high? Should the WoW team follow the Diablo team and, and bring them back down a little? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> I'm going to write your answers down, by the way. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. One of the best parts about BlizzCon is going and, and seeing all of these you know, new, grandiose, awesome things that are going to happen. Uh, in fact, last year with Legion, you know, seeing that we were going to Argus was something that like, like just blew people's minds. And, I mean, it was just like the tiniest of hints. Then look at, okay, well, Teldrassil is going to burn. You know, it, it, it kind of depends on the story beat that they're really showing that I, I think matters the most on what the expectations could possibly bring. By kind of having people temper them, or at least warning them, then I think Blizzard has the best shot of completely blowing us away by being like, okay, we don't expect too much. So we're at a level where... It's like, okay, anything that they talk about, you know, everybody's going to be excited. I mean, who in here likes World of Warcraft? (laughs) So if you were to find out tomorrow that uh, Jaina and Sylvanas have a tea party together, who's excited for that? Is is it a sexy tea party? Because I'm on board for that. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be a red wedding tea party. Yeah, so... I mean, the thing is, is we're going to be excited about whatever's coming out, and 
if you you know give us the tip of the carrot, then it gives us just that much more excitement when the actual you know bit <laughs> is released. <laughs> Tea Party Raid confirmed. <laughs> of the carrots. Uh, of the, yeah. We're talking about carrots, people. Get your minds yes. out of the gutter. Come Jeez. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carrot on the stick. Best trinket in classic. Just kidding. I'm not going to write this one down. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of talk around uh, classic and the the statement about you think you want it but you don't what's the what's the vibe internally i know there's you can only say so much are you allowed to tell us sorry not sorry i'm personally excited to play wow classic <laughs> you know I, I was wondering if if tempering would even have that much of an effect because you think about those old nostalgic days of wow and i think even if Blizzard went to try to temper those those feelings. I think those feelings, uh, you know, those memories come flooding back stronger than any uh, tempering Blizzard could do. So I think they'd have a hard time, honestly. I can't wait for my pet to run away again because I forgot to feed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sad. <laughs> As a pet collector, I'm scared of Classic WoW. I don't have the bag space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the you think you want it, but you don't but want that, it. That's right? a big part of it. It's a really big part of it. People, the memories do come flooding back, and people realize the struggle of classic at times in that it pushed you a little bit further. But I think more people do remember than get credit for. Like people think, oh, you know, you don't remember. It was so tough. But a lot of people like, no, I know and I still want that. I, I like being challenged a little bit. And there are players out there that, that want to sort of uh, climb that mountain. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> the key ring is going to be back too. Oh yeah, it'll be there. It'll be there. I actually like the key ring. I think it's a cool idea. A lot of people did, yeah. So I want to ask you a question, Frosty, because you guys, you guys have been a little quiet over there, and obviously there's a gigantic gray mane head on the table right now. <laughs> there is. So what are you most excited for in the cosplay contest this year? Because Do you think it's going to be really Warcraft heavy? Do you think that we might see, um, like, who do you think we're going to see? Who is a popular character? Like, obviously gray mane is very much in the lore right now. Do, do you think he'll be the only one? <laughs> I think in the in the contest this year, I think at least from what I've been seeing, there's going to be a lot of uh, Jaina love out there. Um, I mean, Jaina's got a new look; it's pretty awesome. So there's a lot of people cosplaying as that, and there's a lot of cosplays, uh, you know, that look fantastic. And just even outside, you know, of uh, Jaina cosplay, there are a ton of great cosplays out there this year. I mean, being cosplayer, I follow them, I see them online, I see people building them all year long, and it is fantastic to see the creativity and. There's a lot of surprises that I'm sure a lot of you probably haven't even seen out there that are going to be uh, unveiled tomorrow. <laughs> is, is that a tease? <laughs> no, nothing from us. Like, we're not competing in the contest this year. We're kind of like uh, taking, a, taking a year off just because we want our Friday back a little bit more. <laughs> so, but uh, there, there's a lot of uh, great stuff. I'll just say that. Victory lap. <laughs> <Victory> lap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. There are a lot of Zandalari out there, and they're outstanding. As well, so I saw a thrall walk by. He was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So you know what we need in cosplay? What what do we need in cosplay? We need a mecha torque. Oh yeah. Like yeah. In, in the full mech, you know, just a little tiny like mm-hmm. Quinn body from you know Total Recall just up top or something. <laughs> just I mean, how cool would that be? I'm so important. Apparently, with that. very cool. If you've seen the spoilers for the next raid. Oh. <laughs> I have seen nothing. Also, spoilers. <laughs> Are there gnome people here, by the way? <laughs> All two of you? That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of, you know, the next raid and upcoming content, I think this is the, the big question that we have because like i said we know that classic is coming we've got a whole classic panel but there's kind of a big question mark question mark around what wow might actually bring to the table this blizzcon so they've said they're not really going to talk about 8.1 which means they're probably going to talk about 8.2 so what do you guys think is coming in 8.2 as right armor <laughs> so hyped so hyped <laughs> lots of it there'll be lots of ass right armor rep grinds so hyped <laughs> honestly though the changes to as right armor I'm really really excited about that because I think it's a cool system because what people are getting there's a lot of butter about about the whole system that's I thought out. you said there's a lot of butter I was like <laughs> there's a lot of butter and uh, you know, those pieces just to, slide right on there is a lot of butt hurt and we have to <laughs> And I don't understand because the Azurite system is is actually really cool. Uh, it kind of picks up where the legendary system left off last expansion, which which was actually great. And if we can fine tune that, then it's not something to be but hurt about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So like fixing that, adding another ring, making the traits more engaging, making the I keep wanting to ask James internally, what do you guys? I'm going to start writing these down again. <laughs> Tea party. (laughs) Morgan and Goblin models, anyone? Yes, yes. We're kind of stuck, you know, back in Kata right now. Yeah. Like your club foot, you know. I want individual toes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really excited about where the story is going. I think, uh, I don't think I'm alone in thinking that this whole Horde versus Alliance thing would have melted away by now, that it was just kind of a ploy and this was really about old gods and Nazoth. So, but I, at this point, I think that we're going to see this Horde versus Alliance story continue through the entire expansion. So I don't even know where it can go after 8.1. I'm, I'm really nervous. Like, I think there was an interview at one point that uh, somebody said, we're going to get some closure on the Horde versus Alliance. Like, is somebody going to win this battle? I, I yeah, it will be the Alliance. Yes. <laughs> Low Tyrogar. I'm sorry, but mass, I, I mass battle res is cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's I, don't, really cheating. I don't see how the horde could win because you're just a bunch of blood elves. I just <laughs> talking about this is my problem with the horde. The horde's always talking about how savage they are, but they're all blood elves. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. We can be savage. <laughs> uh, well, when we get the Volpera. It's totally gonna like you know turn the tide. What about the option of a stalemate? Have you considered that? Stale- that's every expansion. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that has been kind of a question that's been posed: is that if we have this horde alliance conflict, it's more at the forefront than it's ever been. So, is it going to come to a resolution where one side or the other wins, or will the idea of us being in open war just kind of 
go through the rest of the expansions for the rest of WoW to kind of drive PvP, to drive that, you know, faction. I mean, we just had the entire room screaming one way or the other. <laughs> like, are they going to continue putting our conflict? Like, are we just not going to get a resolution? Is that still going to be something that is going to be in the forefront of every expansion going forward? Well, I know for one for one character... That this war is never going to end until Sylvanas is dead. So, <laughs> or if he dies, do you, Frosty? Do you think that that's a possibility? Do you think that they actually will kill Sylvanas? As much as I want them to, I don't think it will happen. There'll be a redemption. Like, kill her like dead, dead, yeah. like like dead for yeah. good, dead. What's well, dead can never die. Two words come up when it happens next time. It says, it, like, it's for real. That's it, yeah. For realsies, we yeah. mean it. <laughs> what do you think, Katie? You, I know you're a big lore person, too, so. I am. So I think there's, at least on the Horde side, there's been a lot to unpack. Like, we have Juan Samdi, who's a total, like, he's an interesting Juan Samdi! Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have uh, a cool cutscene of him, spoiler talking to the king and he's like yes this is our city and this king just has this face he's like oh no what have i done i'm like that is the biggest face i've ever seen <laughs> so that's gonna be a really interesting thing that plays along and 8.1 i have a feeling uh, the horror players are gonna have some feelings about people reading the super cool city we're in because i'm really upset about that and they killed all the dinosaurs like shame on you people <laughs> <laughs> but um there's also a big element that a lot of people see on the horizon that we forget about is ajara and so I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Horde and Alliance conflict persists to Ajara and then even past that. But it is a world of Warcraft, so I think their war will always persist through the expansions. Ajara's just like this exit on the freeway. <laughs> like that meme. Everybody knows the meme, right? <laughs> so what do we think is going to be... like? So we know in our next raid we're going to uh, siege the Horde city, which, you know, mm-hmm. totally new concept. Yeah. That's what's happening? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, no, sorry, Ben. Spoilers <laughs> for Ben. <laughs> Seriously, I knew nothing about 8.1. <laughs> and then uh, we also know we're going to have another little, like, Trial of Valor type couple of boss raid. Cool. Introducing us into the Yashara conflict. Where do we think we're going to go in 8.2 story-wise? Do we think that we're going to be doing the Nazoth stuff at that point, Shobu? Uh, I I mean, my money's on Najatar as the next either zone or raid. Uh, I don't... I'm trying to decide whether I think it's going to rise out of the ocean or whether we're going to go underwater. But I do think that I do think that our first encounter with Ashara is going to be the focus of 8.2. That, that was that's my prediction, anyways. I heard someone say Nihilotha over there. I think I think that'll be the the climax of this expansion, and I can't wait to see that. I think that'll be probably one of the yeah! coolest. <laughs> no <laughs> opinions. <laughs> yeah. That's my. That's where I think we're going. So you think that uh, I? I feel like that's probably going to be our underwater zone. I think. I think anything else might possibly like rise up because it just feels like if we have to go somewhere, I feel like they liked taking us somewhere with Argus, and they might try to replicate that with whatever the culmination of the expansion is. Yeah. And w- one thing too, though, uh, like the Ajara Warbringer was one of the coolest things that I've seen in a long time. So I really hope that we don't kill Ajara. Like I hope that she either escapes or. We fail somehow, but I really see so much potential in that character to become like a much bigger villain than she is right now. So that's what I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that that's where this is going. So like maybe we unknowingly empower her further? Yeah, I feel like she's the <laughs> kind of character that could play us and somehow get extra void powers and kill <laughs> Nizoth herself or something. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and that's that's an interesting relationship, just the relationship between Najara and Nazoth, and you know, like she they're kind of using each other in this weird mm-hmm. relationship thing they got going on. So I can totally see her turning on him at some point. And it would be interesting if we weren't the ones who are actually getting rid of the big bad. But if it was just like, we kind of stand back and go, oh, the big bads are just going to kill each other. All right, then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that I'd really be excited to see because, you know, a lot of uh, the the lore and story is, you know, the old guys, gods are corrupting and everything. And the fact that Ashara just completely stood up to him and basically said, no, we're doing this on my terms. You know, being able to pull all that back, like I said, just destroying him is something that I think would be great. Um, sorry, jumping back really quick to the whole Horde versus Alliance thing, too. I'm personally, I'm ready for a shakeup on this. Like, I would actually, and it's not because I play Horde, <laughs> I would like to see the Horde, like, gain the advantage for a change. And just you t- hold on, hold on. No, 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 hold on. I think all the Hear alliance players in the crowd were very upset Hear- by that. Statement. Wait, did you say for Hear a change? <laughs> One second, because for the most part, the horde have been seen at, definitely by uh, horde members as kind of the underdogs. You know, the 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 group of of you know up and comers who are just you know <laughs> trying to survive and everything. If we actually were able to turn that around and become, like, the overlords, I mean, it's just an entire shift of, like, power, storytelling. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, no, I mean, seriously, it just... An entirely different perspective on World of Warcraft is something that I think would be just interesting to see. But in saying that, when you, you said the word advantage, so do we give them an advantage, or you also use the word overlords? Do you want them? To, do you want to see them win the war, or do you want to see them gain the upper hand? Because I think narratively, you've got a problem as you know a Blizzard story writer or what have you. If one side wins the war. Then, I mean, you know, historically, that's the end of the game. We, yeah, we exactly. move on. That Warcraft 1 ends, Warcraft 2 ends, go, go, go. But I think it's just a problem that we may not necessarily see with someone stepping up and claiming victory. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, the interesting things about this conflict that's been going on for so long is that there truly can never be a victor mm-hmm. unless we, you know, finally come together. I mean, every expansion we kind of come together for a little bit and then split off again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see a lot of, like, the old lore characters actually, you know, coming together. Like, you know, there's no way that Gen is ever going to really work with Sylvanas. But look at some of the newer characters in lore characters, like Zappy Boy or something, you know? It's like we're introducing new lore characters into this who have completely grown up in the war. Maybe they don't want to fight anymore, and it's just, you know, a different kind of outlook. I'm not saying the war won't come back, because, I mean, it's World of Warcraft. But... Just a different storytelling aspect. I mean, I'm interested in seeing a different perspective. One of the fun parts, though, is also, as you mentioned earlier, with the old gods sort of coming a bit more into the swing of things, um, that's the kind of narrative tool that you said. Is it another force that comes in and somewhat sways this battle or, you know, diverts attention from the battle somewhat? Like, use that deus ex machina to say, well, no one has to win here. It's this third party that you now have to worry about again. You know, it's Mm -hmm. something that could be done. Well, speaking of third party, a real interesting theory that's kind of been floated over basically since I think BFA launched is the idea that maybe it would be interesting, and especially if we've seen Sylvanas and everything that she's been doing, that maybe it would be interesting to split the Horde into two different factions. One that is more honor-based, that follows more like Thrall's Horde, Thrall's values, 
one that is more Sylvanas based that seems to be kind of chasing power, and then the third faction being the Alliance. Do you guys have any interest in a third faction in World of Warcraft? I I actually think that's an interesting question because in a lot of ways, there's two things we have to consider when we think about Warcraft because there's the story, which is fantastic and a lot of us love very dearly, but there's also mechanics, right? The game mechanics. And splitting along like Horde and Alliance, you have two factions and that makes it very simple for players to choose one or the other. But when you put a third faction, it kind of, it's kind of, it loses the identity a little bit, I think. So it's like, okay, you have Alliance and Horde Horde. And you're like, but like, yeah, Horde Horde. You're like, Horde 1 and Horde 2. And you're like, I don't know. Good which Horde, I... bad Horde. But right, so it's... it's a perspective. It's a perspective. But it, it, I think it might be a little concerning for some players. Like, um, I have a couple of friends that really love the Forsaken. It's like, okay, if Sylvanas takes a bunch of the Forsaken, how do they feel? They're like, well, that my leader just up and left me. I know it's like, I have all these questions. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can even switch to the bad Horde or whatever, right? So it's not uh, the bad horde; it'd be the powerful horde. <laughs> <laughs> it's the morally questionable yeah. horde. <laughs> we the morally gray horde. Yeah, the gray their, horde. Their flag will be gray. Even, yeah. <laughs> I we talked a bit about this in our last our BlizzCon prediction episode, and I don't. I personally have no interest in seeing a third faction. I say that now, but I'm such a fanboy. If they did it, I'd probably be on. <laughs> You'd just be on board. Yeah, oh, ever. But um, I do see them doing something like sort of. Because when I look at the the four kind of potential leadership characters, we've got Anduin and Jaina, and we've got Sylvanas, and we've got Sarfang. And I see the potential for, like, Anduin and Sarfang to represent kind of more of an uneasy truce side of the Horde in the Alliance, whereas Jaina and Sylvanas could represent uh, a more kind of faction warfare side. And I like the idea of of allowing for you to kind of pick which side you want to be on. I know, like, in our in our team, for example, we have we're an alliance team, but there's several people on our team that would go horde if they could. Just our team is alliance, so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but if 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 there was an option, like I don't ever want to see an orc walking around Stormwind that doesn't get killed immediately. But <laughs> but I I do like the idea of being able to team up with my horde friends when I leave Stormwind or when I leave alliance territory. Um, because there's all sorts of precedent in lore for, for that sort of thing happening, right? We've, Anduin was friends with, uh, with Bane and, and so on. I, I would like to see that maybe come at some point in this game so that I, choosing my side doesn't have to mean that I have to not play with half of my friends. And I think that they could, they could offer that while still at the same time having that faction warfare and just letting us decide as a player, well, what kind of alliance or horde player do I want to be? Do I want to be a Jaina alliance player or an Anduin alliance player? And so on. So you're basically talking about the idea that I think has been a big ask from the community again over the past, I don't even know how many years, which is basically just let me cross-faction raid, let me cross-faction dungeon, like maybe not PvP because... And which yeah. is funny because <laughs> PvP be is the place where they put mercs, so... <laughs> but... Uh, just the idea of getting rid of factions for the purposes of game mechanics. And do you think that that is something that maybe they should entertain and do? Like, or would that break your kind of headcanon fantasy about your character? I think if they limited it to when I leave my alliance territory, that, like, I, I don't want the war, the, the faction war to ever go away. Like, I, I, I love screaming for the alliance, uh, at the beginning of a Warcraft movie in the theater and seeing what happens. Like, <laughs> like, 
I to me that's that's central to all this. So I would never want to see that go away. But at the same time, there are times where I would just want to play with my friends. And if if I'm going to do a raid or a dungeon, which canonically may have even been done by both the Horde and the Alliance anyways, why not? Well, and it's funny because when Pandaria came out, a lot of people were, you know, kind of wondering why are Pandaren being on both factions? You know, a lot of the reason, at least we were told before for you know, no, like, gnomes on the horde. Well, I mean, we'd kick them anyway, but, um, <laughs> you know, why there wasn't any sort of cross-faction play is a lot having to do with silhouettes. Then kind of dial back to Pandaria, and we have both on both sides, and it's, okay, well, red is dead. You know, you, that that's going to be your opposite faction. So being able to, you know, kind of play for the other side, you know, maybe involving some sort of awesome quest line where, you know, you do become like a traitor to your faction or something like that is, I mean, I know something that, gosh, you and I have talked about before, like a few times, but it's something that's, again, it it would add a lot of depth to player choice, which is something that I think a lot of people, you know, would like more of. Yeah. You guys are going to give me nightmares about an exponential increase in my workload. with. But see, we just say it, and then you just do it, and yeah. that's how it works, right? Exactly. I didn't write this one down. So. <laughs> well, it's being recorded, so. Yeah. How many people are still really invested in faction conflict? I know you said, like, I, I obviously there's, time. yes, for the Alliance and for the yeah. Horde, and, but does anybody care about, like, maybe seeing it go away and just seeing, like, maybe more of a tension of, of because every expansion so far has been, like, what, Deathwing, you know, the sorrow, like whatever, whatever. I, I, I'm not a lore guy. <laughs> fighting the thing with tentacles. That thing that I you know? yeah. <laughs> like, But we're all, but we, but we always end up teaming up in the end, right? We always end up yeah. like going, okay, we'll put aside our differences and beat the thing with the thing, you know. And like, so are we? Is that at a this... technical term? Yeah, <laughs> next level storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, I'm getting meta here, but like, <laughs> so we put aside our differences and we and we go, all right, we'll be sorrowing or sorrow. Well, whatever. Sorry. Sorry. He was a jackass. Man. But, but, I'm hard. But like, so I'm at the point where like, yes, I have faction pride, but I kind of, I don't care at this point. If we could, if we move forward and maybe do away with factions, like I would be okay with that. I would still scream for the horde, right? And I would like be sad when Chris Bradson doesn't come out on stage. <laughs> but well, like, but you know, I still have horde pride. But like, if that kind of dissolves a little bit, and we and there's a greater big bad that we go through every expansion, I would be okay with that. I don't know. Do we need the the war every expansion? The generic yes. war? Yeah. This do we do we need or? the big bad that we come together on every expansion? Yes. <laughs> yes. In, in, in terms of the hypothetical situation where you do introduce a third faction, though, going on what you were saying, like it wouldn't necessarily do away with uh, faction warfare, but it may somewhat dilute the waters. Now, some people may be okay with it, some people may not, but I don't think Blizzard exactly is the kind of company that says invokes the word never very often. So uh, while do I expect it? Do I expect to see it, you know, with what you're getting in BFA? No. Would I rule it out? No. I think that innovation is something that we've seen before with Cataclysm, you know, when, you know, someone like Metzen walks in the room and says, let's break the world. It's happened before. So I just wouldn't rule it out. And if anything, Battle for Azeroth is the expansion to, like, have before that happens. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, this is the the point where we are the most, you know, faction pride, horde alliance, let's fight each other, and, and everything. And, you know, at the end of this, <laughs> we already talked about it earlier, 
is there an end to the war? Is there a winner? And that mystery is something that just keeps pushing me through this expansion, and I'm dying to see what happens. I'm hard through and through, but when Jaina showed up with her pirate ship and started blasting, <laughs> was that not I like was like, the best hell? moment? Yes, that is the best thing great. I've ever seen. So <laughs> pretty darn good. Yeah, it really, really was. I was so, singing "Let It Go" like full on. Like. <laughs> so I think, and Ro can thumbs me up or thumbs me down. Are we Q and A time ish? Okay, cool. All right, so, uh, Ben? Yes? I know you are really into pet battles. Yes. And I, I am throwing this over to you because I will admit I'm a pet collector, but not a pet battler. So, are you excited with the direction that they're taking with pet battles? What do you expect to see in that space? Because I think we just got a new pet battle dungeon, correct, with uh, Battle for Azeroth? There too? is a new one coming out, I believe, okay. yes. So, okay, Every single person who talks to me about pet battles is like, yeah, and I can't wait for it to come to mobile. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then they look at me mobile like would I'm be crazy. So great. You are crazy. I'm sorry, you're nuts. Well, sorry, Ben. It, it's, it's okay. But and the thing is, is yeah, mobile pet battles would be awesome. But one, I and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I don't wrong. think he's gonna correct. No, me. I can't do a damn thing up there. Believe me. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure that for a small percentage of the player base that interacts with this, putting the amount of time into essentially Pokemon isn't going to happen. And that's what I would want if, you know, mobile pet battles were a thing. But that's just me, like, you know, reaching for the stars and, well, getting pets because they're everywhere. But, you know, some sort of, uh, okay, I'm just going to do my world quests via my phone as opposed to, you know, going out there and everything... I'd be okay with, but way back when this was introduced, uh, Corey Stockton himself said that the idea behind it is to get you out in the world, to explore, to capture things, to, to battle tamers, to, I mean, world quests weren't a thing yet, but, you know, just to get you out there and doing things and experiencing the world. So when you put it on mobile, it kind of pulls a lot of that back. Well, but what if we're talking about mobile in a way that is just like the actual queuing into an opponent like a real person and just doing the battle? So like not any of the PvP? wild pets. Yeah, just the pure PvP. That could be fun. Then it was, is that something that would be interesting to the pet battle community? Because then you're not losing the mm-hmm. whole, I have to go out and collect the wild pets, mm-hmm. but you still have a way to interact with it on your phone in a way that you probably could and i i feel bad with someone from actually blizzard on the panel right now because really again this comes down to like how hard could it be right <laughs> just let us know <laughs> but yeah like it, it seems like it could be because it's all turn-based and it's very much like that's how pet battles work yeah. so seems like something that would lend itself to mobile as well, long as the slogan is gotta battle them all <laughs> <laughs> and that is perfect yeah. um and jocelyn please forgive me for what i'm about to say oh no <laughs> I would play this a hundred times more than Hearthstone. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> but I mean, no, something like that. If it's just pure PvP, I think that would be great. And it, so, if you guys don't do a lot of pet battling, each expansion there's uh, essentially the team or the pets to have. And when you go into actually dueling, 
that's where you find these crazy combinations that you would never think of putting together where something's like oh here's this pet it just stuns and like stun locks my pet i can't do anything and it's a combination between this group that i never imagined in you know well ever you know i'm very vocal about it because i'm just so stunned by this but you know doing something like that that you know makes it more accessible and stuff is always something that i think the pet battle community wants like uh world quest scaling to your highest level pet on the team that's the best thing that's happened because it just, i did not know that that was a thing that you all did. should go pet battle <laughs> but i mean that's one of the, the best things that's happened to pet battling because it's just so much more accessible i mean you could have like three level one pets go out there and it's like it's a whole lot easier than you know going through yeah. leveling up at least 325s and making sure they're the right ones and everything like that so so have you actually done a lot of the pet battle dungeons? Like, is the, what is that like from a PvE perspective? Do you want more of it? Is it good? You know, I would always like more of it. Just because, again, it, more pet battling is always good. Um, I would like to see, in in my stupid little mind, I want to actually control my pets like they're a little raid team and send them in. <laughs> but, I mean... So this, this is a wish list This thing. is such a wishful thinking, and again... Never gonna happen, but like I'm picturing like a Final Fantasy type thing where it's like you know I've got my my little frost uh, you know uh, frost wolf pup right here and 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 son of animus right here and they're just like yeah hey, I'm gonna attack over here and just, you know <laughs> like I said pie stuff. in the sky stuff never gonna is it gonna happen <laughs> is what gonna happen <laughs> never gonna happen but. <laughs> I know. You should have seen the look on his face when you started into that. Yeah. <laughs> like one of recognition, like, oh, he's, he's caught on. He's texting. <laughs> they know. <laughs> you just got to watch for the head nods. Every once in a while, he's like, no, wait. You I probably figured out my towels by now, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, pie in the sky. I mean, so there's so many different complex systems in WoW that, I mean, everybody has their own little niche that they love and think it's the best and think it, it deserves Warm all mode. of the attention. So, pet battlers, yeah, we think that's the entire game. It's really? not. Really? Well, I mean, there's raiding, too, of course. Obviously. And, you know, just sitting around flying in Dalaran, because that's fun. But, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, question time. <laughs> he can't get in trouble if he doesn't have a mic. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be doing a quick... Uh, Okay, I just need to project a little bit more into it. Ha-ha! Okay, so, a uh, quick Q&A for any of our panelists. If you have a question for our panelists, please raise your hand. I see there are many out there. I'll try to get to as many people as we can. All right, let's start us off. First person up front here, Alpine Beer. With the conversation about um, lore-based, you know, faction conflict and, you know, cross-faction raids and stuff, how do we blend World of Warcraft with World of Friendcraft? <laughs> Uh, you slash hug a lot more. <laughs> That's the start. I think we don't. I think that uh, it's fun to kill your friends in World of Warcraft. <laughs> so <laughs> I I think that, you know, I said earlier, it's fun to, te I think it'd be a cool idea to be able to team up with other people for PvE content. But I never want to team up with them for PvP content. Like, I never, ever want a Horty by my side. <laughs> In a battleground, I want to kill the horde. You in the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, then your AOE would Rude. kill him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know. They just have one of those uh, Halloween masks on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th I think right 
I think it's served Blizzard well to double down on the, on that faction divide all these years. Like people have been af- asking for leniency there since the beginning of this game, and they've more or less held their ground for was it fourteen, fifteen years now. And so I, I'm personally in the camp that they should keep doing it. Excellent. All right, let's get to our next question right here, sir. I say, uh, who actually told Bolgin to make Sylvanus? leader of the horde. Was it actually the spirits, or could it have been old gods pretending to be spirits? The pet <laughs> theory right now for me is Blonde Zombie. Yeah. Really? So, what's interesting, I'm just going to pull off my little head here. Um, so, Vulgin is a shadow hunter, right? And so, the cool lore about the shadow hunter as trolls is that they're in pretty tight with Blonde Zombie, so that all the souls, all the, the souls of all the people they kill go to him, they go to his realm. And Bon Samdi has actually been in the game prior before. Uh, I believe he was on the Siege of Echo Isles. Like, you actually see an avatar of him there. And he has a couple of lines, and it's not super remarkable, but people are like, oh, it's Bon Samdi, that's pretty cool. And so the fact that now he has a completely redone model, and we get to interact with him a lot, and I'm like, oh, this guy's, this guy's important. Like, he, I mean, he always talks to me when I die, and that's pretty cool, but, you know. <laughs> I, I was going to say... There's a pretty awesome add-on that every time you die, it sends like it has one of his lines, and I'm like, yeah, I need that add-on. I need, I need to snark every time I fall off of a cliff somewhere. <laughs> so you think you think that that uh, Samdi is responsible for Sylvanas, even though she raises the dead to serve her instead of letting him have the souls and become more powerful? So what's interesting is there was I, I don't think it's been I'm trying to remember where the the quote came from, but Wansamdi has a boss. Actually, it's uh, there's a Vol'jin quest line, and yeah. Wansamdi says, "Oh, the boss is not gonna like this," and you're like, "Wait a minute, Wansamdi is not doing this by himself. There is someone else behind him that is driving this." So. There's a whole big question behind him and behind the Loa in general. So there's a lot more there that's going on. And I think actually, in a lot of ways, it could even be like old god based. Like, you know, we've seen all the stuff from Dasmat's journal talking about like, you know, the boy king will tell lies. Like, there's so many things we don't know that's going on right now in the story. And there's a lot of question marks and there's little tendrils everywhere. You know that, that gif of the guy with all the like crazy strings on the map? That's me right now. <laughs> uh- one series that came up on our podcast, Jared, my co-host, is right there. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Jared or Sharku, but it wasn't me. Uh, came up with the theory that it was Azeroth herself. Uh, it was <laughs> Jared. So the idea is that Azeroth wanted Sylvanas to lead the horde because she can raise the dead, and and Azeroth herself might die, so she might need she might need Sylvanas's help in the future. So I think that was a pretty cool idea. Either that or she's tired of having things buried in her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are moving on from that question. Wow. No, no. (laughs) I did not mean like that. I'm sorry. He totally meant like that. I'll say you didn't even hear it after you said it. Okay. This is a family show. Yeah. Come on. My family. He's talking about carrots. (laughs) All right. Next question. Here we go. Uh, you just touched on this a little bit, but there were some prophecies back in Emerald Nightmare from Ilganoth, and um, it, it seems like you could interpret some of them to be about Sylvanas. What do you think of those prophecies and where we're going? President Moore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. um, well, honestly, I'm going to say this. I don't remember all of Ilganoth's prophecies off the top of my head, but... 
the fact that the old gods have been whispering that we're seeing a lot of action on that front, but we're not seeing a lot of action. How to say? The things that I like about the old gods is they're never up in front. They're never in your face. They're always kind of under the surface. They're always, you know, their mechanisms are things that we can never quite understand. Like they, their plots and schemes are so far outside of what the Azerothians can grasp. So they've been laying these plots for thousands and thousands of years. So when they talk about prophecies and things slowly moving, you're like, wait, so how long has this been going on? Like, are people being controlled? Or like, you know, are we all going crazy? There's, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like long, kind of vague answer is, I don't know, but I'm <laughs> very excited. <laughs> well, have you heard the whole theory that the old gods are actually scared of Sylvanas? So they're trying to seed us with the idea of, okay, we've got to take her out, otherwise... You know, bad things will happen, but bad things will happen if, you know, she Either is way. dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the Void in the Three Sisters comics referred to Sylvanas as the true enemy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think yes. that's what you were referencing. Yeah, I think Thank you. So, death or necromancy Sorry. seems to be the... There seems to be hints that that is the the way to defeat the defeat the void. Is just kill everything? Which was just kind of Sargeras' <laughs> jam, right? <laughs> Excellent. Do we have any other questions? Oh, here we go. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I'm Sal. Hello. Hi, Sal. <laughs> um, picking, piggybacking on this question about uh, friend, friend craft, and you're talking about uh, factions, and, and maybe are the factions tired? Like, well, I want to play with my friends, or let's just get rid of factions. Or, well, yeah, it's like that in the in the game. You know, it, it would be interesting. But what do you think? Um, either getting rid of factions or softening factions would do for the community for these guys. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm going to let you think. I can't stand the community. I think it needs, <laughs> it needs to be divided. I, no, that's the opposite of what I said. No, I, I, I would be fine with that. I don't know. There's, I, my opinion is different than these other guys. We need to. There has to be some sort of tension or we're not going to move forward. Whether it's faction tension or, or boss tension or, or whatever it is, there has to be something to fight up against. So, so I think we ran a poll on our Twitter page, and Kaz can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was uh, overwhelmingly that people wanted factions relaxed as well. I think that... Go, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that getting rid of it, even though just before I said that never is a word that seldom invoked probably around the Blizzard offices... Um, getting rid of the factions entirely, I think, is something that would never happen. Um, only I, I've spoken with a few of the developers from from way back in the day, um, guys that worked on the game, um, you know, back in the early two thousands. And when they talk of the the light bulb uh, idea, when you go, we're going to split everyone in two, horde alliance. Let's absolutely divide people, mate on mate. This is how you do it. And that became such a prevalent design principle behind the game. I think that's really what's driven everything forward to this point. It would be bizarre, I think, just to shred it up and toss it away. Not to mention probably a programming nightmare. <laughs> like to just to <laughs> yeah. either break down all the walls or put up new ones yeah. to make three or four factions or whatever. Man, I do not want to think about how you'd have to start trying to do that. Well, you start doing that, then you have to look at you know the, the specific communities. What happens to a guild who, you know, the Horde breaks up into two different factions or one that, you know, the Horde and Alliance kind of go together. It's like, you really have to look at, you know, game mechanics into the story and, you know, what is possible. And as much as I would like to just sit up here and, you know, total armchair, you know, 
develop things. I know nothing about coding. I don't know. James, internally, like what do you guys feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, to the point that Blizzard never invoked the word Blizzard, never invoked the word never, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get an email on Monday that says, never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. Next question. So building off of the friend craft idea, mine's a little bit more technical in nature, but like you had said from the programmatic side of things, um, building into that, from the standpoint of how it would work, what's the feasibility you think of how it would how it would design? Because with how it would, how it would be able to build, you would have to redesign how it whole work. Because like with the the guild change that happened at the beginning of BFA, they had all of those problems on the launch of it with the stability of the servers on especially high pop servers, and then the the bugginess of Guild chat, how they had to actually turn that feature off when it went live. It's complete rework, and then the time faction, how it would be able to build out, and how long it would take for them to be able to, how much effort it would take to build into. This isn't like a, oh, we're going to get this into BFA, we'll get this next expansion. This is, we're looking. Oh, 10, yeah, I don't 10. think that that 1. would be something that we would be getting tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just flip a switch, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Oh, go ahead. You're too polite. Just somebody talk. I'm Canadian, so. <laughs> Which is why you should go first this time. Oh, thanks. Uh, I guess it depends on how how much you want to soften the factions. Like, in my mind, it seems relatively simple that, okay, hey, if you have war mode off and you're a battle net friend with somebody, that you should be able to add them to your party, even if they're opposite faction. And and that's it, right? And then you can go in into a dungeon or or a raid with them, but they still can't come into your into your territory. Uh, if you want to do something more complex than that, then yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I think it it would become pretty crazy pretty quickly. And see, personally, I I would like to see it just on a, a character by character basis. I mean, I like the idea of being able to play with all of my alliance friends. I mean, I do have some, <laughs> and you know. Having a tune that, you know, it's like, I've, sure. I've played this orc, and I love this orc, and, you know, Grobfa, the orc, is, you know, my identity, but I want to play with my alliance friends. So, at that point, go through, you know, a gigantic quest chain, and it's based on, you know, your your reputation across faction, and uh, do, like, you know, the, the blood sale buccaneers. You've got to, you know, obviously not just mindlessly killing, you know... Uh, goblins, but you know, have something where it actually lowers your rep to the point where it. Poor Katie. <laughs> you Katie's sitting right here, goblins. man. <laughs> Different goblin rep, you know. It, 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 they're fluid, but um, you know, it, it's one of those things where there's a system that is in place that maybe we can kind of you know work with, but again, it, it would just be per character basis, and you know, maybe. All right, we'll go with maybe. All right, <laughs> maybe. Going soon, with TM. Your comment about an existing system, sanity check for me. I would say that phase one of the four faction idea, the the Jaina, um, Silva, the Jaina Gen, and Sylvanas. Um, Sarfang. Sarfang, thank you. Um, <laughs> is already in the game in the form of war mode. Yeah. So. War mode off, ever. you're f- friendlier. War mode on, you're all about Sylvanas. 
could that be? You don't say. <laughs> could that be them easing this change into the system behind our backs? I I think so because I I don't I don't like the idea of actually making four formal factions because that just multiplies the current complaint, right? That everyone who's upset that there's two factions is going to be much more upset that there's four <laughs> factions. Um, but like having it more of just something. I mean, I I tend to think of things through sort of an RP perspective of like, what does my character think? Like, does my character, is my character more of a Sarfang character or a Sylvanas character? And I think through doing that, yeah, through war mode's a really good, good way to kind of arbitrarily, not arbitrarily, but divide it right now. Um, but I, I'm kind of interested in seeing that more formalized so that you can, maybe there's a rep grind or, or some way of like showing other players where you stand. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Last question. I love the faction more, Hail uh, Sourfang. Um, but, <laughs> but do you think we're going to, again, just get together and kill the same big baddie again? Yeah! <laughs> so I guess the big question is, like, at the end of this expansion, are we going to have one big bad that everybody gets to kill, or is it going to be a split raid like we're going to be seeing in 8.1? <laughs> You're killing me, Rob. <laughs> my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts, opinions, insider trade? What? I thought you my friend. Of course we're friends. Okay. There will be a boss this expansion at the end of 8.1 that we fight. And Azeroth will be at stake. And, we will do and that's all the time we have. We're going to have a battle for Would Azeroth. You Give our panelists a big round of applause. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening to this presentation from World of Podcasts and Con Before the Storm. World of Podcast 2018 was made possible thanks to our community backers via Kickstarter and Medieval Times in Buena Park, California. Go to MedievalTimes.com to learn more about how you can witness an epic battle of steel and steed. You can also follow at Medieval Times CA on Twitter. This podcast was a production of and is copyrighted by D20 Creative Alliance. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted without written consent from D20 Creative Alliance. The views and opinions expressed are those of individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of D20 Creative Alliance or our sponsors. To learn more about World of Podcasts or Con Before the Storm, go to conbeforestorm.com. And with that, that's the show for the day, everyone. I will check in again with you next week when we do the in-depth analysis of everything relating to the classic demo and BlizzCon. I know today has been very aloof, very general. I just told you some, you know, silly little stories. But next week we get back on track when I'm back at home and I can start breaking things down and calling people and going over the real issues. So please do look out for that one. But with that said, just before I let you go, I just want to shout out to some very dedicated patrons of Countdown to Classics. So shout out to Flozy B, Palfurus, Permadrunk, Rebit, Romani, Tsunami, The Anton, Wilson Ma, and Velarco. Thank you so much, everyone, for your phenomenal support of the show. Countdown to Classic would not be the same without your support. Also, a big thank you, as always, to supporters Bossman764, 
84, Herbert, Good Kisser, Myrtle Banks, Purgatose 81, Cracker Man, Michael H, and Zudamos, as always. And one final big shout out to Patricia, my lovely girlfriend, who followed me the whole time through BlizzCon. And I can honestly say I could not have done it without her. She was so supportive through every second of this trip. And I love her to death. And I absolutely am so grateful for her making the long trip over here from Australia to be with me and to help me with the show. And she, I just can't say enough about all the wonderful things that she did to help Countdown to Classic during this time. And all of you, please throw a thank you to dookie bears way as you know her on the discord um and say thank you for traveling to the u.s to help josh with the show i I just honestly couldn't do it without her so thank you to her so that's it from me for countdown to classic in sunny california about to get on a flight back to australia 14 hours away i will speak to you all soon and i love you all and safe travels Well, that's it from me for the day, everyone. So signing off from Los Angeles, California. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.